The boys are back. How are we doing? Not bad, not bad. Just uh, struggling with online school, part three, but we are going back in person starting, uh, I think it's uh, Monday. And uh, I'm kind of excited for that. A little, little bit of mixed emotions. Uh, I was happy rolling out of my bed at 1030 just to turn on a Zoom instead of getting on a bus at nine. But I guess those days are over and I guess it's better for everyone for it to be on or for it to be in person. So I'm all right. I feel like we started every episode like that. Like I asked you guys, like how you guys are doing and it's like online school. Just like the, it's the thing that sucks and most prevalent in my life besides that's the fair, podcast. That's facts. that's facts, dude. No, I'm with you. Uh, Zach, uh, how are you doing, man? I know you, uh, I know you got a little sick. How are you feeling? I am down horrendous right now. <laughs> that, that is how I'd summarize it. Yeah, no, um, obviously, uh, throughout this episode, we're, uh, we're going to let you know, um, uh, me and Max, we, uh, we had a couple interviews this week. Uh, we interviewed Alex Dior of the USAS Huskies. Uh, I think he's fresh off his player of the week. Uh, he, he just won player of the week. And then uh, one of my personal, like, good friend of mine, uh, we interviewed Matt Johnson of A Prairie Perspective podcast. Uh, Zach could not be in attendance for both of them. I know uh, he's pretty pissed off about that, um, especially considering uh, Matt hooked us up with some uh, really nice merch. Um, but, yeah, man, it was a good time. Um, Max, like, I hope you had as much fun as I did. I really did. It, it, it felt different. Well, first of all, shout out because it was our first in-studio guest that, that yeah. we actually had for yeah, an interview. Well. So I, th- I think that definitely like just changed the, the dynamic of it. And it made it less of uh, just answering questions and more like actually like talking to him and like getting to know him, get, get, getting his sports takes and, and all that fun stuff uh, that, that we did. But uh, Matt was a great guy. And I couldn't believe he showed up with sweaters and visors in hand for us. And uh, it was a good time. A lot of fun. I know, dude. And like, personally, me personally, um, we we planned the interview. Like, we had I think ten questions set up. We planned it to be around forty minutes. Uh, it went over for like about an hour and fifteen, but we didn't feel like it was dragged on. Like, she's just such an easy guy to talk to. So much yeah. stories, you know. Just able to bounce off ideas off of him, you know. And even after him, just giving like like we, we like we walked him outside, just him giving us advice. You're just a really great guy. And, you know, Matt, if you listen to this, man, we really appreciate you. Uh, thank you so much. And we can't wait to have you on again. D- d- definitely an inspiration for why this podcast started. That's for sure. 100%. 100%. I mean, like we reference this on the pod. Like, this is dudes that, like, I mean, I don't know if you guys went to high school with them. He was a senior in, like, like my freshman year. And then mm-hmm. I, I see him a couple of years later interviewing Ariel Hawani, Bob McKenzie, <laughs> the general manager for the Vegas Golden Knights. Like it's it's insane just like how much this guy's accomplished and um you know uh obviously due to uh, COVID he hasn't been able to um go to school but um you know he's gonna he's gonna accomplish a lot when he finally gets to go to Ryerson in Toronto so uh you know we reference this man we're definitely rooting for him and probably my favorite interview so far not to disrespect any of the other guys but um man just what a great time man uh, Max thanks thanks for like thanks for having him over man that was that was really of course cool. Zach. Yeah, um, too bad I, I, I'm sick with COVID here right now. Um, you know, you guys mentioned, like, Matt and what he did, you know, as an inspiration. I remember, I, like, I was a kind of a day one listener of their podcast, listened to all, all of their episodes. I remember I got shouted out uh, the one episode, and I sent it to Jeremy, but he was more interested in the Dabo Sweeney 
Uh, Sorry, Smithers, dude. Wait, Sorry. Which I can understand. It's that most yeah. windy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I remember, like, because me and you, Jeremy, like, we're texting, like, I want to say, like, two, three years ago about starting a podcast and, like, like never kind of, like, hit the right, like, time and then seeing what those guys did, like, all their guests, you know, was definitely an inspiration, you know, shout out Evan Hardy, Greystone Gang, Matt Johnson, so de- definitely a big inspiration and I, like, kind of wish I was there for those two interviews. Uh, I had school uh, to attend for the Alex interview and then obviously I've been very very sick here with covid so i couldn't attend the matt johnson interview but i, I loved it i listened to it um you know <laughs> it's it's kind of weird because i think he, he's actually worked with my dad too so that's kind of weird and uh Jeremy, i loved your story about me sw- sweating my ass off for the aaron bronster the guy started dying laughing actually i, I was not mad at you oh, okay but- thank god thank god i thought i thought you'd be kind of pissed off that uh we mentioned that we had to give you a new shirt no, but like the thing is, like I was so nervous. You like I was sh- like I was shaking with my paper for the introduction, and then you like I was like, "Gurmy, you got to do it. I can't do it." Yeah, like, dude. Still- that, yeah, dude. That's when like I, that's how I like knew you because this was your dude. Like we personally, like I knew like I'm doing like the intro for Matt Zach. Like Aaron's your guy. You're gonna do the intro, dude. Like you were nervous, nervous. Like, you think you do the intro, dude. Like, I, I don't even blame you. Like, that's, like, a sign of respect if you think about it. It's, like, how, like, you know, nervous you want to interview. Like, because you really, like, you're excited to meet these people. So, like, it's not slander. It's, like, when somebody says, oh, I was nervous to meet you. Dude, it's, if somebody said they were nervous to meet me, I'd be really happy. Yeah. Like, like I mentioned on that podcast last episode, like, how I've actually, like, looked up to, to him. So, like, actually, like meeting him in person i was just like texting my cousin like i was like I, we were generally just shooting the shit with him afterwards and like he was a great dude um you know like i actually wrote out a such a nice introduction for him and then i i was too nervous to do the intro so but you know but yeah whatever that matt interview hopefully we can interview him again i can get in on it that'd be dope um, ask some questions to him that i have but uh yeah um, and obviously we definitely plan on, uh, so to, uh, when we release this episode, it'll just be a little bit before the Super Bowl. Um, just a little bit after the Super Bowl, we will be releasing our, uh, interview with Alex Dewar. Um, such a nice guy, man. Really, you know, uh, soft-spoken, humble, uh, you know, he's cracking some jokes with us. Just a really nice dude. Um, you know, we wish him the very best, you know, he's going to be competing to get that ring this year. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, just, uh, his transition into college basketball and, um, you know, Zach, unfortunately, uh, you weren't there for that one either, but, uh, Max, man, you can speak to this, man. Just what a, what a nice guy. Oh, like he, he came in with such nice energy and he was like at the end. And even, even when we were texting, he was like, thank you so much for the opportunity to do this. And I was, you know, he was, like you said, so, so, so soft-spoken, such a nice guy. And uh, I really, I really re- respect his game uh, more than anything. I remember when I was in like grade nine and 10 or, or whatever. And I, I remember he- hearing about this guy from Miriam Graham, just giving Hardy buckets night after night. And uh, to see him, what, what he's done, he's, he's transitioned into the, uh, into the Huskies very well. And he transitioned into the CEBL. And I think he's actually doing a camp now uh, in association with the CEBL. So I wish we were able to, to talk about that uh but uh, unfortunately, didn't 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 really have that information. But 
you know, like j- just talking to a talk, talk, talking to an athlete about his game. It's, it's always, it's always such a good experience. I think for me personally, like you guys can speak to this. The one thing that, that has really opened my eyes, we've interviewed about like five or six guys, not a big deal. Um, but we've interviewed these guys and ultimately, man, they're, they're regular dudes, you know, and I think, I think we lose sight of that sometimes. So, you know, they're all really humble. They're all like great people to be around. Uh, there hasn't been an interview that we haven't enjoyed. Um, you know, super grateful for anyone who comes on, but um, uh, Matt and Alex, man, thank you guys. Thank you both. Uh, Zach, you got something to add? Yeah, like to add to Max's point, you know, unfortunately I wasn't able to attend there. I wasn't, I wasn't even sick. I just had some school to attend and uh you know i listened to that interview right away and like such like gurney said such such a soft-spoken guy humble guy unfortunately i couldn't interview him but i like max said i remember when him and his brother were just given hearty buckets like buckets buckets like back when i was like in elementary school and i was watching these guys in uh you know uh the big tournaments here when i was in elementary school and like watching these guys and like people that i respect in the basketball community saying like these two brothers are going to be special and like seeing what his older brother did in his Husky career and what Alex is doing as well. So, you know, it's really kind of cool to see like where they've come from their like grade 10, like when Alex was in grade 10 to see where he is now and, you know, have to pay my respects to a fellow student athlete at the U of S. Subtle flex, subtle flex. Um, yeah. So big shout out to those two guys. Um, just moving on with uh, the rest, we will be giving you the Matt Johnson um, uh, episode just later on. Um, we just want to go through uh, the rest that we have. Um, obviously, uh, it was a big weekend in sports today. Um, nothing bigger uh, with our first topic we're going to quickly discuss. But um, uh, the NFL championship games well, were this past weekend. Uh, we're just going to get into them a little bit. Uh, you know, two, uh, two great stories. We have Matthew Stafford uh, finally getting over the hump and heading to his first Super Bowl. And, you know, we've got the continued legend of January, Joe. Um, two fantastic games. Uh, we discussed them with Matt. But, um, man, you know, talk about talk about a matchup nobody was expecting. Bengals-Rams. Ram- uh, Bengals um, like, I legitimately, I'm not rooting for anyone, and I'm not rooting against anyone. Um, I love both quarterbacks. Um, I'm, I'm confused. I'm a, little, uh, I'm a little intrigued to who Zach's rooting for. Because on one hand, you got the other L.A. team. And on the other hand, you got, um, you know, Dustin Herbert's arrival, uh, Joe Burrow here. So, Zach, I want, I want to know uh, what your thoughts were, not only on um, championship weekend, but, um, you know, your thoughts heading into the Super Bowl. Yeah, I just want to say congrats to both teams. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it's just a weird, like you mentioned, like nobody would have thought uh, these two teams would have been here. Like this combination, maybe the Rams, but nobody expected Cincinnati to be here. Not even the faith, faithful in uh, Ohio, I want to say. But uh, I, I just want to say, like, I think Kansas City lost that game more so than uh, the Bengals won. That's no disrespect to Cincinnati and how they played. But I think Patty Mahomes, uh, just some, like, I don't, I don't even know, reckless throws and passes. Um, that last play in the second half, I like the play call. Andy Reid has trust in his guy. And Patrick Mahomes just doesn't make the right read. Like, that ball cannot go two yards short. It needs to be going into the end zone. Um, yeah. Called, I, he, I just, sorry to interrupt you, but he called a timeout, too. Like, bro, you don't have any timeouts. Yeah. Uh, if you watch if you watch the clip, like, he throws to Tyreek. Tyreek gets tackled and bound by Giants legend Eli Apple. And then the dude calls a timeout. And I'm like, dude, like, what are you doing calling a timeout? You got none. Yeah. 
yeah, I just I just think Kansas City lost that game more so than the Bengals. Um, Rams game kind of went as expected for me at least. Um, the Rams coming out on top, just a week like that one. Uh, the the drop, like that could have changed the momentum of the game. That dropped interception. I I forget who that was. I think it was Whiskey Tart. Yeah, yeah, Tart. And, uh, like, just, yeah, just weird matchup. Uh, It'll be interesting to see who it plays out. I I won't be mad at any team that wins, to be honest with you. Are you sure? Yes. Well, God. (laughs) Since he wins, I'm going to be, I I don't don't even want to look at my phone from Gurmy texting me about Joe Burr. But, uh. You know, OBJ, Matt Stafford, Whit- Whitworth, um, Aaron Don- Donald. I'd like to see them get rings, Jalen Ramsey. Um, and then on the other side, like, Cincy, like, like that, that franchise, like, if they could get a ring, like, that'd be just huge for not only Cincy, but the, the state of Ohio as, as a whole. Yeah, man. Um, Max, what were your takes this past weekend? Well, I gotta agree with Zach on the on on the Cincy and the Chiefs game. Um, not that Cincy does not deserve to be in the Super Bowl because they had a they had an outstanding season and an even more outstanding postseason. But I truly think that the Chiefs are are the better team in in that scenario. I think that they deserved to go to the Super Bowl, but they just they didn't perform. And and Joe Burrow and and the Bengals took advantage of that. And the O line held up nice nicely, which uh, allowed the, allowed the offense to 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 really get into to flow there. You know, Mahomes. I think we discussed this with Matt Johnson, but you guys even said I you guys think he got a little bored and wasn't playing it safe, and he was fo- forcing some throws where he should have just threw him out of bounds, and he wasn't playing very smart. And that's uh, I think that's eventually what led to what led to the Bengals winning that game. Uh, you know, th- that defense played well, though. Hubbard and, and Hendrickson showed their, their dynamic duo on that defensive line. Uh, that secondary is no joke. And, uh, like, don't get me wrong, they deserve to be in, in, in the Super Bowl 100%. They play, they outplayed the Chiefs. And, uh, but, man, what a, what a game that was. What a shock that since he's in there in the first place, it's kind of crazy. But, I'm moving on to the Rams game here and the Rams game was uh, it was honestly a little bit, a little bit closer than I thought it was going to be. I think the Rams were just a, were, were a better or a better team than the 49ers were. I think throughout the, the regular season and throughout the postseason, they've shown more, but like it was 20 to 17, like it was a close game. And I anticipated that the Rams were going to be like, okay, you know, and, and enough of this fairy tale run that, that the 49ers have, we're, we're going to go in there and, and kick their ass. And they really just, they really didn't, you know, like they, they won uh, props them. Absolutely. Matthew Stafford had a, had a, had a great game. Cooper cup really helped uh, OBJ uh, this game, if any game, uh, shows why he deserves uh, a big contract from a team and a chance. But, you know, Debo Samuel did his thing. Uh, George Kittle, he had the cl- clutch touchdown grab. I mean, 
there, there's not a whole lot to add there. It's just, I think the better team won, but I think it was much closer than it, than it should have been. And, uh, and yeah. I mean, you got to feel for the 49ers, man. Um, obviously, uh, I'm not a, like, I think my dad's a big 49ers fan. So he was down in the dumps uh, this past weekend. Um, you know, I mean, it was a tough, it was a tough loss, you know, um, especially with how, how well they turned their season around. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, it just goes to show you, man, this is a quarterback's league. Um, you know, there's so many teams that they have a lot of other great things. A lot of teams have good O-lines. A lot of teams have good running backs, good wide receivers, a great defense. But if you don't have a good quarterback, you know, your team's in shambles. Um, you know, we saw that with, um, you know, we saw that with the, the, the Colts this year. And we saw that with the, um, you know, we saw that with the, the Niners in the NFC Championship. Um, when Jimmy Garoppolo had to make a play, he, you know, he, he didn't really make a play. Um, obviously, it's not all on him. Um, some of the play calling was a little bit sus. Um, I feel bad for Kyle Shanahan because I genuinely believe he's a really good coach. Um, I just feel like he was hindered by his quarterback a lot. So he couldn't really, um, you know, utilize uh, the playbook as, you know, um, you know, as most, as most quarterbacks can. Um, Matthew Stafford, shout out to him. Uh, you know, especially in like that first quarter, I think he threw an interception and then he got absolutely blindsided by Fred Warner. I won't say much on that because I do love me some Fred Warner. I thought that was a little bit unnecessary, though. Like, really, you think the quarterback's making the tackle there? Like, of all dudes to hit, you went after Stafford. Uh, I didn't like that. I'm going to just say that right now. Um, but, um, you know, they came back because you got you to gotta, you gotta remember, they were down, I believe, seven. I believe they were down 17 to seven at one point. Uh, Cooper Cup does what Cooper Cup does. OBJ, you know, I think, I think, you know, Giants fans are rooting for OBJ to win, but Browns fans aren't. Um, but then again, Browns I, fans, there. I think so too. I, but then again, Browns fans are going to have to uh, root for a, for a, for a, for an, for a, for an AFC North team. And so that's going to be conflicting. Um, you know, Debo Samuel, feel for him coming off a tremendous year. Um, if he gets a real quarterback, he's going to be a problem. Dude had 1300 receiving yards and he's not even like, a, like a, any, any, and, um, any, that's not even to mention all his rushing touchdowns and the impact he had on the run game. Um, you know, Elijah Mitchell, I, I remember the time on the broadcast, he was a 14th running back taken. I know a lot of teams are regretting that right now. Um, so, you know, you feel for the Niners, but at the end of the day, better team won. Shout out Matthew Stafford. Um, as much as I, uh, uh, you know, um, I'm rooting for the guy. As much as I do want Joe Burrow to win, I, I, will, I, won't, be, uh, I won't be sad to see uh, Matthew Stafford win. Guy's been through a lot, and he's finally proving, you know, it matters where you get drafted. Uh, and then you got, you know, January Joe, Joe Burr. Um, yes, the Chiefs lost this game. Let's not let's not get it twisted. I'm not gonna say Joe carried his team, but man, Joe made some plays, bro. Like he made some plays. Um, two third and longs, him using his legs. I think that was Zach's biggest criticism of him. And you know, he um he shoved it in his face right there. Uh, and, and above all people, he did it to Chris Jones too, which is not a guy that you know you can do it to very often. Um, Patrick Mahomes, man, uh, I feel bad for him because I feel like he's getting slandered a lot. Uh, and mostly it's coming from his family. Like we talked about, um, we talked about this with uh, Matt Johnson. I feel like people are trying to hate Patrick Mahomes because of uh, his family, which I do find a little weird, but um, you know, he, 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 like this guy went from the most loved player to one of the more hated players. Um, and you know, the chiefs, man, you know, Andy Reid, man, I think he's a great coach, but like he reverted to, you know, 20, like 20, uh, 2010 to 2016 Andy Reid, just with, you know, bad play calls, man. And like, like I, like, I got to cry. I got to look at him. I'm like, dude, what are you doing, man? Like, obviously, yes, you want to have faith in your quarterback, but dude, 
you can't leave points on the board like that. There's five seconds left, like in like in the second half. You don't have timeouts. You know, take the points. Um, uh, I will say though, and in in Andy Reid's defense, uh, he makes those questionable calls. But there's a reason why he's been one of the best coaches in the past three years. Like I'm I'm not excusing this game, no. But like I'm just saying, he makes that call. They get the touchdown. You know, and Andy Reid's a god. Just, just to put that in, in into perspective, he makes those gutsy calls. That's who he is. And if they work out, they work out, and they get big. But if they don't, they don't. Um, no, that's fair, Max. I just, I just look at him and I'm like, you know, some of these were questionable calls that played into the, were. that that played into their eventual demise. Um, you know, I mentioned my guy. I love Jamar, but I also love me some T Higgins. I feel like um, if Jamar wasn't so good, we would have seen T with more hype. Um, you know. You know, it was basically like the Gabe Davis game last week. You know, Jamar was getting doubled. So, you know, a lot of pressure went on the tee to make the plays, and he, and he made the plays. Um, and, you know, you're down 21-10 to the Kansas City Chiefs. That's usually a recipe like you're going home. Um, but, uh, you know, they uh, they stuck with it. Joshua, great composure. And in his second year, he's going to the Super Bowl. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, congrats to him. It's going to be a great matchup. Um, we're not going to give you our picks. We have a whole other episode for that. But um, it's going to be a hell of a matchup. Uh, moving on to some other news from this past weekend, um, you know, Zach's going to take the floor here. Um, Zach, uh, I know uh, we've got some big news uh, in the UFC. I think I'm not sure if the card was released, but we have a UFC Fight Night 200. So, um, you know, give us the preview. Yeah, for sure, guys. Um, you know, obviously I missed the main portion of today's episode, unfortunately. So I'm just going to get my two cents in. We I discussed with Aaron. Um, four Canadians on the card, which is like the the most in a long time. We're kind of getting a, a a new influx of Canadian talent, which I love to see in the UFC. Starting out, opening the card, we got Malcolm Gordon fighting uh Ukrainian Denise Bonder, who's who's a highly talented guy. Malcolm's coming off his first UFC win. Hopefully, he can he can stop uh, a bit of a hype train here to open the card. And then uh, we got three straight uh, Canadians fighting. Um, Alexis Davis, who's a pioneer in Canadians mixed martial arts. She actually defeated Amanda Nunes earlier on in their career, um, which I think you guys don't even know MMA, but I'm pretty sure you guys know Amanda Nunes and what she's done. Um, she She's also notable for uh, losing to Ronda Rousey in 16 seconds. So... But uh, ho- hopefully Alexis Davis gets the job done. Good Canadian. Uh, Marc-Andre Berriot, uh big powerhouse in the middleweight division, Canadian guy. Um, he's he's a guy I'm looking out for. He's 31. Trains at a great gym in Sanford MMA. Um, looking to go on a three-fight uh, three win streak. And then for some reason, I don't know how this isn't on the main card, but it's not even the the main event of the prelims, but me and Akeem Dawadu talking with Aaron Bronstetter. This guy's probably the second best Canadian fighter we have right now. Um, the guy's an absolute elite kickboxer. Um, his nickname is Mean for a reason. Uh, I was listening to Ariel Hawani today. He said he's never seen Mean Hakeem smile once in his entire life. Um, so, but this is a favorable favorable matchup against Michael Trezano, another kickboxer. Hakeem was the only Canadian uh, ranked 
last year. Unfortunately, he lost his ranking, but hopefully he gets on a, a good win streak here. What matchup are you looking forward to watching most, Zach? Uh, like Aaron mentioned, he's, I asked him who's looking forward to most watching, and he said Hakeem. I'm definitely excited to watch Hakeem. He's, he's really fun to uh, watch. The UFC posted about him, I think, yesterday on Instagram, and it, and it blew up. Um, it was, like, their most viewed uh, video in, like, the last, like, 20 posts they had. Mark andre Berriot, he's had a great camp, so I'm excited to see what those guys do. And then uh, my guy, Brendan Allen, he's taken a fight on three days' notice. I DM'd him back and forth on Instagram a couple of bit. He's a great guy. He's 26 years old. Um, he's coming off a, of a tough loss, to be completely honest, but uh, he's got all the talent in the world. Trains at Sanford with Mark andre Berriot. Um, Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Zach, if you had to name a dark horse in a fight, who do you think is someone that you think could surprise the UFC? Like on this card or? or yeah, on this card. Um, you know, I, I love me some Brandon Allen. I think he, he was a super hyped up guy coming in. He was, he, like, he was only 23, I think, when he got signed. He's now 26. Um, maybe not a wild card. Um, but Nick Maximov is in the co-main event and he trains with the, the Diaz's. He's got that Diaz flair, but to be co- completely honest, the dark horse for me is, uh, well, actually there's two Shavkat Rachmanov is probably one of the highest touted prospects here out of Kazakhstan. Um, he's going to be fun to watch, but uh, like, I got to mention my two Canadian boys, me and Akeem and, uh, Marc-Andre Berriot, I'm, I'm very excited to watch both of those guys fight back-to-back, and uh, I'm going to be tuning in for sure, staying locked in. It's going to be, be really interesting, and uh, we can't wait to get uh, Zach's recap of it for uh, when it, after it eventually occurs. Uh, moving on to some big news, um, you know, I took a pretty tough L this weekend. Um, we had a big match uh, in uh, some soccer. Obviously, we haven't talked about soccer too much on the pod. But um, we had a USA uh, uh, losing to Canada in a, in a World Cup qualifying match. Obviously, the, the States redeemed themselves with a 3 nothing win today against uh, Honduras. My, my boy Christian Pulisic shot a goal. But, um, you know, Canada taking down, um, you know, uh, the States. Uh, goals by Sayo Lerin and Sam uh, Adekug. I hope uh, – I'm, I'm just going to say Sam. I don't want to disrespect him by uh, butchering his last name. But Sam A, um, you know, so two big goals. Personally, I, I think um, the United States sold this game. You had um, you had more shots. You had you dominated possession. You had 138 more passes. Uh, you had a pass accuracy of 79 compared to the Canada 67. They just really didn't capitalize on their chances, and I think you know that was frustrating. But again, you know, they won today, and um, hopefully, uh, both of us can qualify for the World Cup coming up. Uh, in uh, November this year, it's a little bit later than it usually is, but um, looking forward to that. Um, you know, uh, hopefully the USA can still qualify, but uh, what a weekend for Canada! What a weekend it was! I can't oh, believe that just came out of your mouth, Gurmi. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't either. Um, you know, this might be um, obviously I'm happy one today, but that uh, it definitely leaves a sour taste in my mouth, and I'm I'm, I'm happy uh, Joe Burrow made the weekend a little bit better. <laughs> But I don't know if you guys saw the scenes out in Hamilton for that game. 
but for like a cold, cold like day, like they showed out Canadian fans. Um, I think we're seeing here like Canada, like in sports other than hockey, we're kind of getting better athletes. We're we're seeing it in basketball, right? With all these influx guys uh, coming in, we're seeing it with the uh, Canadian soccer. All these young guys like Afonso Davies, who's a who's a mega star. Um, he's not even playing right now. We see like Canada's women's national team won a gold medal here. So I'm seeing a lot of our athletes going not to hockey, but to these other sports. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great to see like Canadian talent. Like, like I'm talking MMA, I get hyped up for my Canadian guys. I, I love, you guys know me. I love me some Canadian talent. So just want to give a quick shout out to Canada soccer team Two nothing win. That much closer to qualifying for the World Cup. Huge for uh, Canadian sports. And I wanted to touch on, can we talk about how the Olympics are, like, coming up, like, in, like, a couple of days? Like, I feel like there's no hype around these Olympics. I'm telling you right now, like, I have, I could care less. If Canada beats USA, I won't care. And I'm going to give you the same energy. If USA beats, like, Canada, I'm also not going to care. Like, I, I, I don't really care about Olympic hockey anymore. Um, when you grow up, you don't think about, you know, old retired dudes representing your country no disrespect to them you want you're thinking about guys like Crosby, Pat Kane, Alex Ovechkin so to be completely honest with you Zach man I, I don't really care about this but um you know here's hoping they're fun at least I'll, I'll be watching the luge for sure. Are, are you gonna care about uh there's a rumor that it's more, more likely gonna happen in the summer here the world junior is gonna happen are you gonna care much? I mean, I'm excited to have it back, but like, you know, no, dude. Like, I'm maybe it's because you don't. I don't really like change a lot. You know, the World Juniors are a winter thing. Um, this is basically just another summer summer showcase, except it's like it's the World Juniors, so it's really another summer showcase for me. So, I mean, um, if they win, great. I'll be a little more invested than I am in the Olympics. But honestly, like, the, it's at least um, from what happened this past uh, December, uh, bad taste in my mouth. So, no, not really. Yeah, I know Matt mentioned that it's such a Canadian holiday tradition, so I'm, I'm not sure how much I'll be invested in. Um, moving on to probably the biggest news of this past weekend. Uh, it was confirmed yesterday. We had um, Tom Brady retire after 22 seasons. Man. Um, yeah, no, that was, that was tough, man. Um, obviously, we discussed it, um, but, uh, man, it was, it was, it was tougher. Like, it was I have a hard time believing it, but I think, you know, it's Tom Brady. He's like, he's not going to fake a retirement. Like he's accomplished way too much in this league to do that. But, yeah. dude, but dude, you know, 22 seasons, um, obviously we'll, we don't have a lot of time. So we're going to quickly just uh, recap it, but man, all of us, I think we can say we've played this man in the postseason. Our teams have anyway, but yes. um, you know, not, all, not, I mean, I'm the only guy who like I've, I've witnessed a win against Tom Brady in the postseason. One of the best moments of my life. Um, but he's, he, he's been up on all of our teams pretty bad. Zach, I think you were the most recent guy. Uh, I think, uh, he beat, uh, in the postseason back when he was with the Patriots. Don't remind me of that. God damn it. That was bad. That was a beat down. That was a tough game to watch, man. That was a tough game. Especially like with how good the Chargers had, like that was probably Phillip Rivers last good year. Um, and then just to go to Foxborough after that big win in Baltimore the week earlier, man, that must've been tough. We were like in it in the first quarter, and then it just like it just I can't even use PG language to describe the whooping they put on us. Yeah, no, Max. I know um you're a Steelers fan. You've had a lot of battles with this guy uh throughout uh, your uh, throughout um 
you know, you watching football, you've been witness to that. Um, you know, what was your, uh, what was your reaction to uh, the Tom Brady news? Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was weird news to process because, you know, he's, he's the goat and it was, you know, I've never, I've never seen an NFL game, obviously never seen him play, but just seeing him play on the TV. I mean, that in itself, honestly, like, just watching him play live, watching him play in those Super Bowls. I mean, like, you can talk about how you watch Tom Brady and how he absolutely destroyed your team. And, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad that a guy that's constantly destroying my teams out of the league a little bit. I want to see someone else win. Whenever I see Tom Brady win, it's just, it gets boring. It's like, we get it. You're the best football player ever. Please stop winning. Let's get some new blood in here. And... Sorry to interrupt you, Max. It gets no, boring, definitely. I will, I will admit it. But you can't take it for granted, man. It is hard to win in this league. And no, yeah, ab- ab- absolutely right. And like, I think that I think that's got to set into me, like just how good he was. Um, but honestly, like the biggest question for me coming out of this was, what happens to that Bucks team? Like, they don't have a quarterback. You know, this off season, this might actually like. Imagine if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Buccaneers. What? what what ripple effect that'll create like will the team leave off will they get better you know I I don't know maybe you know their their defense was kind of a letdown this year maybe they not saying go back into rebuilding mode but maybe not going back into contending mode I'm not I'm I really I don't I don't know what to say but that's kind of my big question is where do the bucks go from here we uh we definitely have um, a free agency preview episode lined up later in the future so Max these are definitely questions we're going to revisit uh, Zach, what's your For take sure. on uh, Zach? What's your take on him retiring? Yeah, um, I, I'm kind of have a, a conflict of interest to be completely honest. One, he's the goat. Two, I hate him. But three, and I just wanted to get your guys' quick opinion on it. Took for granted what he did. Like, it's like I never like actually like watched him and like wow, like how grateful am I like to actually watch this guy like. I kind of did it with Kobe. I, I kind of did it with LeBron here. I'm like, like when I'm watching Giannis now, like I'm trying to watch as much Giannis so I can like say like, wow, I actually could watch Giannis. So I don't know. Like, I don't think I ever like, like kind of sat myself down and be like, damn, like I, that's how good Tom Brady is. I mean, for me personally, um, it was a shock. And I think the reason why it was a shock because, Dude's 44 years old and he's coming off a year where he threw 40 plus touchdowns and led the league in passing yards. Um, it came as a shock to me. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the reason for him retiring was. Like, obviously, yeah, he's 44. Um, maybe the hits were getting to him, but dude, he's 44 and he's still kicking people's ass. Um, my final take, and you know, before uh, we send it off to a Matt Johnson interview, we're never gonna see this again. I'm calling it right now. Um, everybody says, Oh, Mahomes is the next goat. Nah, dude, he's gonna be competing with the likes of I don't think we're going to ha- see Mahomes dominate the same way that Tom Brady dominated. You know, yes, Roethlisberger, Manning, they got through dubs in. Um, but for the most part, dude, Tom Brady was dominating the AFC. And in his one year, in the in his two years in the NFC, he was that guy too. But I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to, you know, dominate Josh Allen for, for like the next 10 years. I don't think he's going to dominate Lamar for the next 10 years. Um, the Chargers are going to put a team around Herbert to win. I don't think he's going to dominate 
Pat, uh, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow for the next 10 years. You know, this AFC quarterback, like the, like the young talent, like quarterbacks in the AFC, man, it's stacked. So I don't like the point I'm trying to make is we're not going to see this again. We're not going to see a man go to 10 Super Bowls. Like, I'm sorry, dude, like with the rise of quarterbacks, like, you know, Justin's going to, I have confidence in the Chargers. Like I, they better like get Justin Herbert to the playoffs. Like Justin Herbert's going to be on the rise. You, Joe Burrow's doing it this year. Josh Allen came close. Like, you know, we're never going to see this again. We're never going to see a man just dominate like he did. And, um, you know, that's my biggest takeaway. Um, Tom, man, like, I, I got a little emotional, man. Like, you forget, man, we legitimately, like, we grew up with this guy. Like, all I remember as a kid is Tom Brady in Super Bowls. Um, so uh, that was, uh, it was tough news. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, um, grateful for everything he's done. You know, he's one of, like, for me personally, like, the one game where, like, I watch, and I'm like, you know what, this guy's a GOAT, and it's not even close. Uh, 28 to three, that's going to be a memory that um lives on, um you know, for a Falcon fan for a long time. But for me personally, I watched that game and I'm like, there's no way you can say anybody else is the GOAT. Um, So, you know, congratulations to Tom Brady on a remarkable career. Um, You know, uh, you, you love to hate him, but you also hate to love him. So uh, definitely, uh you know, definitely wishing him the very best in uh, whatever else he does. Um, Yeah, dude, I mean, it's uh, we're definitely going to talk uh, with, uh, we're going to talk about this with Matt uh, a little bit more as well. Thanks for joining us, guys. Enjoy this Matt Johnson interview. <laughs> That's I could do. Uh, shout out again. Shout out Alex War. Shout out uh, Matt Johnson. Um, thank you again for the hoodies. Welcome back to a well placed cuss. We are back with another interview. Joining us now, we have a very special guest. He is one third of a Prairie Perspective podcast. If you're a Saskatoon native, this podcast really needs no introduction, but it is a podcast responsible for giving elite takes, interviewing some of the biggest names in sports, and being 100% local. We are very humbled to be joined by our first ever in-studio guest, the local legend himself, Matt Johnson. Matt, thanks for being here. Love it, boys. Happy to be on. Thanks for the nice introduction there. Appreciate no, it. No, um, so I don't know if you've been listening, but Max was responsible for getting John Hodge a free donation. Um, and how, you know, he can tell you how excited he was. was um, Zach was responsible for getting Aaron Bronsetter of TSN. You know, he's a big MMA guy, so he was really excited. Yeah. Um, this is the one that I, I kind of got, so <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited. Um, I've been a big fan of your podcast for some time now. And I think what I really liked the most about it is that it was local. Um, you wouldn't be shy in having your buddies on. Obviously, there was Eric, but I even remember you having, you know, Zach Putters on. And I'm thinking to myself, like, these are these are dudes I went to high school with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think you were a senior when I was a freshman, and to see I, who guys, like, I went to school with, interviewing guys like Ariel Hawani, James Dutty, you know, that was mind-blowing to me. Um, and, man, you played a big role into why I wanted to get a pod going. So, uh, once again, thanks for going. Like, thank you so much for coming, but also, you know, thanks for the influence, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I was pretty excited when I heard that you guys were running the pod. Like, it's cool to see some Hardy Boys kind of falling in the trend a bit, kind of carrying on legacy a bit. So it's cool. Well, like, if if you if you listen to a couple of episodes, I mean, we definitely took a few. We definitely took a few, few things from you guys here and uh, like kind of modeled our modeled our pod after you guys just just a little bit. Didn't want to didn't, <laughs> didn't want to plagiarize too much of you guys and stuff, but but yeah. Uh, so b- 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 before we get into questions uh, 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 about your podcast, we just want to know what you're doing like right now, what your plans for the future are, you know, your career, university, stuff like that. Yeah, so right now I'm a journalism student at Ryerson. I haven't ever actually been there just with online school, so right. I was kind of thinking I'd be there for this semester, but um, next semester I'm, I'm guessing, and then kind of just in the meantime working with Husky Athletics, just kind of doing general communication stuff with them, writing stories, doing social media, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um and then kind of some different other like social media kind of 
projects, freelance work, kind of just keeping busy with that. And uh, yeah, I'll see where, see where we want to go. Like I think kind of working for a team is kind of my goal, kind of similar to what I'm doing now and obviously more of a full-time role, but mm-hmm. um, I was fortunate enough to go to the UTech Bowl when the Huskies were there in Quebec uh, mm-hmm. in November, I guess it was. And that was kind of just like really assured me or like kind of sent some confirmation like this is what I want to do. It's cool just to be like with a team kind of that behind the scenes. So that's kind of what I'm uh, leaning towards right now is, and if I'd be fortunate enough to land something like that, that'd be pretty unreal. Yeah, that'd be really cool. We're rooting for you, man. Um, <laughs> you've mentioned that you are a student at Ryerson, um, which is one of the premier universities in Canada for sports communications. Obviously, you haven't been able to go to yet due to COVID. But um, just just tell us like, take us through excitement and just what you're looking forward to most as you continue on your uh, jur- like your journalism journey. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to go there. Just like to be in like the heart of Toronto, like it's right downtown. Just kind of have that freedom, like hey, like it's it's a September night like why don't I just go to Blue Jays game like that just kind of that'll just be exciting to be a part of and maybe if it's only for a year like that'll still be pretty cool I'm a Leafs guy so just kind of yeah I don't know try to get credentialed and head to like practices like do that kind of thing that's kind of what I'm hoping to do right so um yeah that's what I'm, I'm most excited for like it's kind of tough at the same time like I love Saskatoon like I've lived here my whole life and it'll be hard to stay away from that obviously I got like all my good friends here so that that's tough but I don't know. I'm looking forward to Toronto and hopefully it'll kind of work out well. Yeah, man. Um, I think the biggest difference, and this is like coming from like my sister who went to like un- the University of Toronto, um, there's just that home feeling of Saskatoon. Yeah, there it, is. There's yeah. just that home feeling. It's cozy. You know, you know everyone. Um, and yeah, that's going to be a big step, obviously, like, but you've, you know, you, you feel like we can see that you're ready for it. Um, it is going to be a transition. But man, going to you mentioned going to those blue ga- Blue Jays games. I I went to one for my birthday this past year, yeah. and it's like it's not right under the but like you if you look up like you can see the CN Tower. Yeah, yeah. It's it's incredible. Um, man, you're gonna have a lot of fun. Um, and you know it's it's gonna be awesome, dude. You know I, I can't wait uh, to see what you do. Um, let's talk about Prairie Perspective. Yeah. Uh, it's a local podcast you started with Eric Ball- Eric Ballin, Danush Bala, and Carter Baum. I hope yeah. I'm not leaving anybody out. Nope. Yeah, four of us. Uh, you guys went from being uh, a local podcast to growing, growing, and sooner and like sooner than later, you went on to have some like remarkable guests. Uh, take us through uh, what went into starting the podcast and just how you guys were able to get gain such a massive following in such a short amount of time. Yeah, mass mass was a big word, but no, it, it was uh, it was cool. Like we started at a really good time. We were pretty fortunate. Like we talked about it um, kind of like before COVID even struck, but it was just kind of I don't know. We didn't really think too much about it. And then COVID happened and then like kind of that whole Zoom culture started and that really like facilitated just making it possible. Like when we really first started, we were able to kind of land some guests where before that probably wouldn't have happened. Everybody was kind of sitting around. Sports reporters didn't really have sports to write on. So they were kind of able to hop on and uh, yeah, it just kind of snowballed, I guess. It is pretty cool to like look back on it now and like, like you kind of mentioned two guys there, like James Uffy, Ariel Hawani, like those are two guys that I look back on. It's like, hey, like that's cool. Like, I don't know. It's just like cool to like either like sports media types or like athletes and you like see them on TV and you're like, oh, like that was a cool guy we had on. Like that was a fun, fun conversation. And it kind of makes you root for them a bit more or just kind of like care more about what they're, what they're saying kind of thing. Right. So that's cool. Let's take a quick look at this guest list yeah. before I let you continue. Bob McKenzie. Yeah, legend. James Dutty. Yeah, another staple. Jeremy Roenick. Shout out USA Hockey. <laughs> Farhan Lalji. Yeah. Eddie Lack. Yeah. Damon Severson, Sask Boy. Jamie Campbell, who's been carving the Blue Jays for 20 years. Jimmy Lambert, Go Blue. Kelly McCrimmon, who for you, who are, if you guys don't know who that is, he's the general manager for the Vegas Golden Knights. 
don't know how you got that one. We're going to get into that. <laughs> um, Connor Zeri, local boy. Yeah. Uh, cousin of our own Zach Zeri. Yep. Uh, and Ariel Hawani. Um, and this wasn't an interview, but you did get Clemson head coach Dabo's when you just said, okay. Yeah, Dabo one's kind of cool, actually. That one is kind of one that stands out to me. I'll still watch that video from time to time. He's a cool guy when I talk to him, so yeah. Dude, I've watched cool. it 20 times. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Like I'm, not, I'm like, I'm not a Clemson guy, but like, that's Dabo swimming. Yeah, I know. It's cool, hey? Yeah. It's so cool, dude. One thing that actually really bugs me with that is like, I could have just went on like Trevor Lawrence's Zoom and I just like didn't. I had like the link and everything and I was just like, ah. Oh. Well, I, I know it's a big mistake on my behalf because that would have been cool to we don't want you to relive it but like yeah. what, what was the thought process going there like this is like the number one pick in the draft you know dude's got locks for days not going on that's what you're saying like yeah like yeah. what went into not not going on I was like uh, eh. I, I don't know what it was I guess it was just kind of like I, I was just on with Dabo I, I sh- like I really should have went on but I don't know I just honestly it, I, I don't know what the because we were trying to get them for the podcast. Like, I, at the time, I was, like, trying to reach out to... Like, I was... I got in through, like, Clemson's sports information department, like, emailing their SID and uh, um, trying to facilitate an interview with a Joe Joe. Like, I wanted him to come on the podcast, right? So, right. they said, hey, like, we can't really facilitate it at this time. He's pretty busy with school, football. So, why don't you just, like, come on? We'll get you on with uh, with Dabo and uh, we can get you on with the Joe Joe later the jojo and the clips didn't end up being that good he didn't really yeah. i don't know he didn't talk too much but it was whatever it was still cool but mm-hmm. um and then like basically they had like their whole list and i could have went on with lawrence and i i really should have i should have just asked him about a jojo yeah yeah like i was a stud at the time so oh yeah that, that's a bit of a mistake looking back because i would have been a cool one to kind of say that i talked to yeah. Talk to T-Law or whatever. But honestly, just, just saying you talk to Dabo, that, that, that's a flex in itself. <laughs> yeah, we we were watching guy. the clip before you came Yeah, we that's, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so y- we mentioned that you've had some huge guests. Yeah. Um, we were just wondering, in how do you mentally prepare for an, an interview like that? Uh, because when you have someone like Ariel Hawani or Bob McKenzie or James Duthie, these guys who are, who, who, who are legends in, in this industry... It can get pretty nerve-wracking, and I mean, we, we, we had Aaron Bronstetter, and we, we were nervous, but we sat down, he was a super nice guy uh, in the end, but uh, we just want kind of want to know your thought process go, go, going through that, and uh, how to make sure that your guests are engaged as much as you are engaged. Yeah, I guess I guess doing preparation for like that part, it is big, because if you're like, if you come in prepared, and um, they know you're prepared, they can tell that, that's obviously going to make their answers better, right, because they, they feel like you genuinely care. And like you're interested in what they're talking about, so that that's a big thing. Um, in terms of nerves, I was definitely nervous. Like the first, the first like couple big ones we had for sure. Like um, it gets better as you go along, I guess, and you get a little more comfortable. But uh, the Jeremy Roenick one, I was really nervous for. I remember I, I cracked yeah. a beer before. I just had to relax. <laughs> it is kind of crazy. It's like yeah. Jeremy Roenick. I'm talking to him right now. So that one was a big one. Um, in terms of nerves, I'd say like if you do your prep and you spend a little time digging, like that definitely makes things a little, e- a little right. easier. It's probably when you're unprepared that the nerves start to kick in a bit because you're, oh, is this a good question? Yeah, kind of thing. Right. So. We we can kind of relate to this, definitely. and I hate I hate to throw him under the bus because he's gonna be really mad for telling this story. Um, for me personally, like, I was I'm not a big MMA guy. Yeah. Um, but you know Zach is he loves the MMA. Not only like he keeps up with reporters' stories. Um, that's how we got Aaron Bronsetter. So when we were able to get Aaron Bronsetter on, he was he was super excited. Yeah. Like he got mad and was like, "Dude, why aren't you like more excited?" Yeah, that, that was a big issue that we always had. It was just because like different different like one of us would get different guests, right? Yeah. And then so obviously the person that lands the guest is gonna be more invested 
because they got it and they're going to be put in a little more effort and then absolutely and then another guy's kind of going to half-ass it not really do a whole lot of research and then yeah yeah that can definitely lead to some animosity right and that's kind of a tough aspect of it so the funny thing is so like obviously like but like so zach was really passionate so me and max like you know what this is your guy we're going to make sure like things go your way so we had the interview at my house we we all got on the zoom we had um we had aaron on um, but before we're going, like Zach's pacing through, like, like, you know, he's like a Husky athlete. Like he's, he's a big kid. So like, we're not making fun of him. Cause like he could let like stress punch one of us in the face, <laughs> but he's going back and forth. He's pacing. He had to take like a pregame, like pee a couple times, but dude, it got so bad that we had to give him like one of my shirts. Cause he was just he was sweat- sweating. <laughs> he was just sweating buckets. Cause like, and, and like, that's no disrespect. Zach, Zach's probably embarrassed when he listens to this, but you know, he was so excited to like interview, like. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, but it's also nerve-wracking. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, you don't embarrass yourself. Exactly. Like, if I were to ever interview like Eli Manning, I'd probably, (laughs) oh my god, oh my, like I'd probably be like sweating buckets. So that's just like a funny thing too. Like, you just have to think that these guys aren't nervous, right? They're like so used to this. Yeah. I think you just kind of have to remember that, like, I I don't know, and they're used to like they're not expecting a ton in the sense, right? Right. Like not a professional podcast like they're just kind of coming in to have fun like mm-hmm. just kind of vibe off that i guess right yeah don't like stress about making it too professional i guess yeah no. right um and so the guest list for for the parade perspective uh his range throughout like ev- almost all every single sports category you can think of um and knowing you and knowing you guys, you guys were you guys were fans, but you were also kind of in a sense small fr- freelancing journalists in a uh, in like a, reporters in a way. Yeah, yeah. Like um, yeah. So when you would uh, have these interviews with these big guys, would you approach it more with uh, like a fans' perspective or more with like a more more with like a a, a, a journalistic uh, view or? Yeah, I think that's kind of a tough thing to balance with podcasts, right? Like. I think like when you're talking to athletes you kind of want to try to loosen them up a bit right you want to make them feel like it's not not just a difficult interview like you see obviously all the cliche hockey interviews where it's difficult to get out answers and I don't yeah know if ever like listen to spitting chickens at all but for example they do a good job or like pardon my take they do a good job of like right trying to get those like different answers out of guys right and kind of loosen them up and yeah. have more of a conversation in a sense than a question and answer eric was really good at that give him a lot of credit he was good at just kind of the the bullshit aspect of it so it's yeah. a question and then a bit of bullshit right so i think that that's kind of a good kind of the line you kind of want to create it i guess yeah. um was there ever an interview where you were like you know s- screwed to like the, the pre-prepared questions like this is like a guy like i watch on tv like i'm asking whatever the hell i want um someone that you totally fanned out while um uh, i don't know like we were always we always did do a pretty good job of preparing like um, in terms of just screwing the, like, you're always going to have ones where you can kind of free ball a bit, but I don't, I don't know, actually it's, yeah, it's a good question. Yeah. Cause I remember, um, when we were interviewing Braun Center, yeah. um, obviously we talked a lot about the MMA, but then he transitioned into the fact that like, um, he was able to meet Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, uh, Steve Young, like the entire nineties, 49ers squad. Um, and then he mentioned Kevin Durant, like me, like being the biggest Kevin Durant fan. Like, I think we only had like five minutes left, but like, I, I, I wanted to ask about KD. Yeah. Um, like if he was crude with the media or anything like that. Um, so <laughs> you do, you guys do a pretty good job of like staying on script. Like I was listening to like some of like your pods last night, yeah. but like there's never Which been. Which ones did you listen to? Oh, the aerial one. The aerial one. But yeah. like for me personally, that's just cause he's a Knicks fan. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. See, like I, I knew he was a Knicks fan, like coming into that. Yeah. And like me personally, I'm not a huge like MMA guy. Like I'll watch a big fight or whatever, but I don't really even like 
Like, I watched that fight the other, whatever, couple weekends ago, and it's like, I don't really understand what's going on. Like, I love the drama and everything, but, um, so that was kind of like, Ariel, obviously, big Knicks guy, so that one was, that was kind of cool to talk to him about that, so. Uh, do you still, like, are you in contact, like, weird question, but are you in contact with any of these people? Like I actually talked to Ariel, like, (laughs) I was DMing with him maybe, like, a couple weeks ago, man. I can't remember. I listened to him on an interview, uh, he was kind of on a sports and radio show, so I just kind of hit him up and wished him a happy new year, and, uh. Talked to Rashmadani a bit. Um, that's, I think that's about it though. Really, I'm trying to think. Yeah. How, how do they start? Like, hey, great, great interview the other day. Like, like when you approach them, or like when you message them, like, 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 do you like, you know, good, like, good work out there. Like, yeah, like, like, like I guess you, it's kind of tough because like different. You can kind of just I don't know, like get a vibe off a guy. Like certain guys at the end, um, end of the interview, they're like maybe more willing to just kind of chat afterwards and then they kind of maybe display that they maybe have it a bit more interested in kind of maintaining a mm-hmm. connection, right? Where other guys, it's pretty strictly business. It's like they're happy to help, but you know, they kind of got things to do and right. right? So then yeah. it's kind of like, oh, I don't really want to bother this guy after whatever, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, the aerial one was like really good, man. Like that guy, I can't say like anything bad about him. He was just so genuine. Like he was just like curious I think I might have just, like, cut a bit out of that interview after because it just, like, went, but, like, it was just, he was just, like, curious on, like, life in Canada, like, what's yeah. going on up there, like, because he's been in the States, right, so. Because we, we didn't record this, but that was the same thing with Aaron, like, he, oh, yeah. Yeah. he was asking us about school, you know, yeah. what's it like living in, just, like, Saskatoon, right, Um, you know, like, they're, you forget, like, these are just, like, reg- like they ask questions for a living, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but, like, they're also, like, they're also just genuine good dudes, like, for they're sure. interested in, like, what you have to say, yeah. Um, and this is like another, cause like I'm watching these interviews and like, I can't imagine being you because I totally fan out, but has there been like any interview where you've just been like super starstruck or like you're, you're messing up questions. You're the, the Ronick one for me. I, yeah. Like, talk about that. I, I was, I was really nervous. Like I was like, I, I always had to do the intros most times and like the Ronick one, I can't even remember. I might've even like had to retape it afterwards. Cause I was like fumbling my words. I was I was bad. I think that was really our first, like, big, big, big one, I'd say. Like, mm-hmm. maybe you could say one of the biggest. Um, yeah, that one I was nervous for, though. Yeah. I, I, I struggled. Like, I was, like, you kind of almost got to, like, decompress and, like, not really think about who you're talking to. And that just, if you can get through the inter- like the introduction for me, and then it's just kind of, like, question. It just kind of feels more natural where you're just having a conversation. Right. But that intro, it's, it gives me some nerves. Dude, that's, because, like... <laughs> He's not obviously like he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. But yeah, that's a that's a contested one. That I yeah, believe he should be. My dad's not really happy about that. Yeah. Um, but you know, USA hockey legend. Um, you know, we see him on TV all the time. Well, not not, not so much, anymore. not so much anymore. Uh, we won't get into that. But um, you know, just one like the greatest players. Like he's an Olympian. Um, and it's just like man, like you're. You're not even interviewing the person. It seems you're interviewing what they've done, yeah. or like that's what you're trying to get out of them. Like, you forget, like, you know, this is, like, a regular dude with a wife and kid sometimes. Right. You know, that's, like, sometimes I lose sight of that where, like, you see everything they've accomplished and, like, you let that take precedence over sometimes. But, you know, when you're five, eight minutes into it, these are regular dudes. For sure. You know, I think um, that's... Yeah, with the Ronick one, like, you're really trying to, like, trying to get stories out of guys, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what you're... It's like, oh, you played with that guy. Like, what was that like? What was he like? Right? It's all about trying to get those stories, I guess. Yeah. And that was maybe a bit of a difference where, like, the media types, sometimes it was maybe just more, like, talk about what's going on right now and then maybe a bit of story too, but, yeah. Sure. Those guys have stories too, right? They've seen oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, like, we've we talked about Ariel Hawani. I just want to, like, you know, go back into, like, your process of conducting, like, conducting these interviews. Like, 
this is a man that's interviewed and has had discussions with some of like the biggest names in mixed martial arts. He's interviewed Dana White, Conor McGregor, Chael Sonnen, like Dan Cormier. Uh, the list goes on. Big Knicks fan, by the way. Um, like this is a man who you can say has played a huge influence in the growth of the sport. For sure. Um, like what's going through your head when like he texts you back or responds to an email? And, oh, he's, and he says, you know, sure, I'd love to come on your podcast. There, there's nothing like getting those, like, acceptance. Like, those are the ultimate, like, when you yeah. get a guest and you fired in the group chat that, like, <laughs> boys just got Ariel Hawani. Like, there's a lot of excitement that goes, especially, like, in those early stages where we didn't really know what we could get for guests. And then all of a sudden they're kind of popping up and popping in. And, like, that's, that's there's a ton of excitement there. Don't get me wrong. We're, we're going through that right now, man. Yeah. We can, we, we can definitely, we might not be able to relate because we haven't had Ariel Hawani on. Yeah. But, <laughs> man, like, that's, that's crazy. Did yeah, you, no, did, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, getting getting a yes from, from anyone on the on the podcast is kind of just like a, all right, because like we're small and uh, when when you kind of look at the size of, of you of you guys um in your prime, it was like, you got Ariel Hawani and it was awesome, but it was like, it wasn't a huge surprise give, given your following. But like, if we got Ariel Hawani, that would be unheard of. A guy with a, guys with a hundred followers on Instagram getting an absolute le- legend in the... MMA community. I think um before you ask your next question, Max, I think the reason why like obviously we don't have a big following, but the reason why like we're having fun and you know why yeah. we're trying to make this work is you have to be grateful for anyone you can get. Absolutely. And that's and yeah. that's not like knocking anyone or saying, Oh, you haven't accomplished this. Um we interviewed Alex Dwarf, the Utah's Cuskies. Mm-hmm. We were hyped, man. Like that's like a college basketball for like for like our hometown team. Right. Like we don't care if he's not an NBA player. Like you have to be grateful. You have to, you know, be respectful to the person you're interviewing. They've accomplished a lot. Like even you, Matt, like I was I was a little <laughs> nervous coming coming here today. I'm like, man, this guy's like um you have to be grateful. Yeah, I think for sure. that- and you have to like treat like he might not be an NBA player, but you have to like if you can treat him like that and like really feel like that you're excited for him to be there, he's gonna vibe off that and that's gonna make the interview better too, right? And obviously there there's like a level of objectivity that needs to come in. You wanna ask questions, you don't wanna just like, you know, be um, you know, hyping them up for no reason. But like a big a bit of a pet peeve, you know, that I get like from some reporters is like this sense of entitlement. Like I can't watch Con Coward. Like I cannot watch him and and it's like like yes, Baker Mayfield's a bum, but like, dude, come on now, like just him just trashing some of these quarterbacks when, like, I'm not sure he's ever played sports professionally. Like, that's just not something I do. Like, when you're sitting with your buddies, you can, you know, you can, you know, we, we, we have discussions, obviously. Oh, this guy's mid, this guy's a bum, or, you know, this guy's, like, really good. <laughs> yeah. But when they're sitting in front of you, like, it doesn't matter, like, what you think of them. Like, mm-hmm. that's someone who's accomplished something. Oh, yeah. Well, like, you think, like, if you're yeah. trapped, like, people, for example, like, Jimmy G, right? Oh, he's a bomb. Well, he's one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the world, so he's amazing. But, like, I don't know. It's a right. it's a tough one, right? I mean, if Jimmy G was here, I wouldn't repeat any of the things I said to him. Oh, my God. To no, be honest. No, I'd probably, obviously. I'd probably get lost in those eyes. quarterback in the league right yeah. now. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. All this criticism you're getting, man, it's unfair. <laughs> yeah. Um... So we obviously know about the about the podcast, but you've you've done some j- journalism work here and there. Like you said, you've been a little bit of a freelancer. But you've written for for the Sheaf, the Star Phoenix. You've traveled with the Huskies football team. Uh, has there ever been a moment when you're reporting or you've been working alongside the team and you've just been like, wow, like what I'm a part of is truly really special. Yeah, the the UTech Bowl was the big one. Yeah, like, that was like that was really the first time I'd really like traveled to do work or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know, you kind of got to know a bit of the boys and, like, just kind of being around them. And then on the field, like, I was on the field when they ran out on the field taking videos and doing all that. And you just see, like, like this that was their biggest game of their life until the Vanier, right? So just to kind of be a part of that and try and 
just it, it gets you excited right here in that moment and right yeah, that was that was a ton of fun man that crowd was electric in montreal that one was a cool one to be a part of must have been more special for you because you are a hometown kid hey yeah oh yeah for sure like husky athletics i've went to games at the pack since i was in grade i don't know whatever right i was like sit courtside and just be loving life husky football has always been a thing for me so definitely that makes me uh, a little more invested in the work and uh enjoy it a bit more for sure I'm I'm very curious. What, what what was the ratio of fans in 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 that game? I I have I, I uh, there was like that. a decent uh, traveling contingent at that game. There was more that flew out for the for the Vanier, but yeah, there was probably I'd say about a hundred Saskatchewan fans, oh, like just parents and whatnot that right. traveled out. And then uh, I think there was there was six six thousand Montreal fans wow. in that game. So it was loud. Yeah. It was it was an awesome atmosphere. Like the way the stadium. Um, kind of configured and like there was a big mountain kind of on the other side i'm sure you guys saw but mm-hmm. yeah. that kind of helped uh it kind of echoed the noise and it was loud it was it was a lot of fun to be a part of it was what um canadian college football should be 100 yeah. percent, absolutely you got um you got any uh stories that like that we don't want to get you in trouble <laughs> like obviously you're with the team you yeah. know you any funny interview stories obviously we've mentioned you've worked for i think you were you told me you worked for the chief uh star phoenix are you missing anyone uh, I did some stuff with U Sports, not much, just a couple stories. Um, those are the big ones. Like I kind of parlayed the sheaf into working for the Huskies. Right. Those are the big ones, I guess I'd say. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. A couple quick ones that kind of came into my head. Uh, whatever. Just like after the Hardy Cup win, I just asked. I got Lane Novak in a bit of hot water because I just asked him after the game. I was like, "Man, like, what does it feel like in the post game scrum?" I was like, "What does it feel to make the back breaking play in the Hardy Cup with his interception in the fourth quarter?" And he goes. Man, it was fucking awesome. And then he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. Everyone kind of had a good laugh. And then I just remember coming on to the boss post game uh, first time. Mason's a good friend of mine, Mason Nias. We work together in summer golf together all the time. So I was super excited for him. So that reflex, he yeah. orchest- or uh, orchestrated that game-winning drive there in Montreal. So just seeing him uh, on the boss after the game and giving him a good hug. And he's like, just kind of talking to me. He's like, yeah, looked at the boys the, in the huddle in that game winning drive and just said, boys, this is a game we're going to fucking tell our grandkids about. And then they went down and scored. So that was just kind of a cool story. So, <laughs> Man. Yeah. Um, before we get to the next question, um, I know you're a big hockey fan. So you definitely saw like that Leon Drysaddle interview yeah, a couple weeks sure. ago. Oh, Anything yeah. like that? Any like, anyone's like, nope. Not, no, nothing like that. Nothing I would like never that. have the stones to, uh, to say somebody's uh, being a little pissy today, even if uh, that's yeah, how I felt. Yeah, that, that pissed me off. Like, well, like to lean dry side, like, like, like top dude, five player yeah, in the world. Dude's won the MVP. entitlement for sure, man. Like, yeah. Matheson, he feels like he worked during that Golden Oilers era with uh, Gretzky, Messi, and he kind of feels like he's got he's got some legitimacy to himself, too. So That's fair. Right or not. That's yeah. fair. I mean, I'm like... But at the same time, you, you're not on the ice. You weren't on the team. I can understand that you are a team reporter. You've been with the organization for a long time, but like you got like these are dudes like that are in the mid. Like we'll get into it a little bit later. But you're like you're in the midst of like I think it was a 12, 13 game losing for streak. Sure. Like like what do you expect them to say? Like they haven't like anything they said at this point hasn't tracked. So I think to be fair, yeah, Drysaddle was being a bit pissy. Like he like he he's not a media kind of guy. He doesn't really yeah. So like. Was he being a bit pissy? Probably. Yeah. Should Matheson say that? Probably not. Right. So I don't know. You can see where Matheson's frustrated because I don't know. I guess his job at the end of the day is to to get a quote, right? And right. he didn't do a great job, and now he's frustrated. That's fair. I That's I, fair. I don't know. 
That's that's what yeah, that's what we look yeah, at. Yeah. I did not look at it like that. That's fair. That's I'm not not that's defending Matheson's actions, but I can understand where he's coming from. That's where we that's where we have a a, a sports journalist on on the <laughs> podcast. To get, he's to probably a little embarrassed. He didn't really get a whole lot out of him, so mm-hmm. and he, he took it out in the wrong way. I think when like after he said like before he was called pissy, he was kind. You, that's fair, but I don't know how like if you're Leon Dryson like some like old reporter calls you pissy you don't just like get up and walk away he looked at him and like he smiled and i thought that was yeah, like the funniest he's part. a big dog he knows that like he's he an alpha yeah, he's he, not yeah he's an alpha for 300 <laughs> um, you he get, doesn't have to take shit from jim you ever uh, interview with scott Fleury? yeah or, yeah how, how'd that go oh scott's fine yeah scott's a pretty chill guy he's not too intimidating babcock's a little more intimidating talk to okay we oh. got one okay we didn't plan but talk to us yeah. about mike babcock yeah that's yeah mike's a i've had nothing like but good interactions lately with mike he's treated me well uh, whatever went down the other game, can't remember, it was a couple weeks ago, went into his office and he said, Matt, grab a beer from the fridge. So I was oh. just having a, having a beer in Babcock's office. So. That's pretty sick. Yeah. My guy so. had a beer with Mike Babcock. <laughs> Stanley Cup winning coach and just okay. had a beer in his office. This is the triple goal club. This is funny. <laughs> this is funny. Because you are a Leafs fan. So what were you thinking when he got hired? When I got hired, he was exce- I was excited for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We don't want to get you in trouble again. <laughs> that's the last thing we want to do. We know you still got a job to do. But um, this is a guy that's coached your favorite team. Right. What's going through your head when like when you're like five feet apart from Yeah, it's cool. Like, I remember I talked to him uh, after Nazem Kadri got, uh, uh, what am I saying? Voted into the All-Star game there in that, that vote. Last and, man in. Yeah, last man in. And mm-hmm. I just was like, hey, you see Naz got in? And he's like, fucking right. That guy... He, what a beauty so like, I don't know it's just like stuff like that's kind of cool because it's like obviously him and Nas had a pretty good relationship but yeah it is cool to like think that I it, like it's still insane that Mike Babcock's coaching the Leafs it's like man like I Leafs are my team and he was coaching Austin Matthews Mitch Barner Morgan Riley William Melander like a year ago right so, yeah um I guess a little more than that but yeah that that is crazy that is yeah. I don't like I couldn't imagine like if I saw like if I saw he's a little older he'd never coach here but like if I if I ran into a uh, Tom Coughlin like yeah. that'd be oh un- that'd be unreal. Yeah. Um. But um. It's also like, dude. Like, he meet like obviously like I'm the American here, so I probably can't relate to it as much as you guys huh. would. But he's coached not only like Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Morgan, Riley, all those guys. Like he's been the coach for like Team Canada. Like he's won Olympic gold medals. He's won the Stanley Cup. And this goes back into like, how do you not get starstruck? Cause like I was starstruck meeting Scott Flurry. Like I, I I don't know. Like I he intimidates me. I'm a bit of a wuss. But dude, I I'd imagine Mike Babcock with that resume. Like it, it has to be a little intimidating. Oh yeah, he he's a it's an intimidating interview. Just like not necessarily even his resume. He's just kind of a bit of an intimidating guy. Like yeah, his presence, the way he kind of talks, and just kind of his mannerisms. I guess he's an intimidating guy. Yeah, no doubt yeah. about that. Yeah, because everyone kind of knows like. Even, even even if you don't think about like his stature or, or even like what he's done in the past, just l- like the aura, the vibe that, sure. that 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 comes off of a guy like that, you know, like you 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 know that he's the shit. Yeah, like, you, you know, know he's that. accomplished something. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You give him any crap, like, hey man, twenty nineteen, you played Marlo too many minutes in games. No, so. absolutely not. I was steering clear, uh, steering clear of that <laughs> conversation as much as I feel that way. Should should have put Casperi in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so getting into my personal side, uh, when you start something like the Prairie Perspective, uh, you go into fields of sports communication. Do you ultimately, or do you do it ultimately because you are a fan? Because um, that, that that's why you started the podcast. Or uh, is it more of like a love of sports, um, or sorry, a love, a love of journalism, a love of reporting? Or uh, is it more of the love of sports? 
Yeah, I think like it, it comes back to the love of sports, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know what aspect it is, but I want to work in sports. That's been my goal, I guess, for at least the last couple of years. It was always kind of a, a dream of mine, but I didn't really know how how much potential there was there. So right. I think that's what it comes down to. And I think you need to remember that. Like I see just kind of working around some people sometimes and you just like feel that they've lost like their love for sports in, in a sense. And I think like people just need to really like remember it's like, hey, like why did you get into this industry? Probably because you wanted to work in sports. And you know, there's, there's worse things you could be doing, I guess, than being at a sporting game. And I think that's something you kind of need to keep in the back of your mind. Right. And uh, what what are some, so uh you you were uh, a sports sports fan as a, as a kid, hey? Of course, yeah. A sports fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, can you go through some of your favorite players, memories, teams that that, that you've had growing up? Yeah, in a I grew fan? up a bit of a. Uh, I kind of hopped around a bit. I was, Flames were kind of my team growing up, and then <laughs> nice. I became a huge Jordan Everly fan. Like after he scored the the goal. Oh yeah. Uh, whatever it was, seven five point four seven point four seconds left in Ottawa to send it send it to overtime against yeah. the, the Russians. That was kind of a, that's one of the big memories of my childhood, I guess. Uh, I yep. just remember jumping off the couch in jubilation, seeing Everly put that one in the back of the net. And Pierre Maguire PK, on the call. Pierre Maguire, can you believe it? I can't. Yeah, yeah that, that game was unreal. So I came a, became a huge Jordan Everly fan. And then um, things kind of went really south for him and that team. And I kind of could see the writing on the wall and uh, kind of left the Oilers. And uh, just kind of fell in love with Austin Matthews and the Leafs. So I haven't, I can't say like I'm a, a diehard Leafs fan in the sense that I've been growing up with the team and I've mm-hmm. went through all the ups and downs. But right. um, yeah, so those were kind of those were kind of my hockey teams growing up. But childhood sports memories, I always think back to World Juniors. I don't know, it's a classic Canadian answer, yeah. but yeah. holiday holiday time, World Juniors are on. Canada's uh, growing up, they're always winning gold. It hasn't always been like that lately, but. Those are some of the big ones. USA Hockey's got a little too good. Hey, we, we, uh, we know who the defending champs are. I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, so those are some of the big ones. Then a lot of local sports memories, going to Blades games, going to Husky games. Yeah. Those are, those are always big. Um, like, uh, you've mentioned, I think me and you talked, um, when because we, we worked together uh, at some Huskies game, just doing box office scores. You mentioned you're a big um washing like you've been a Washington football yeah, team fan. Yeah, that one's a painful one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was joking around, and like, obviously, like, it's probably because they're just, they just don't have that big of a fan base outside of, you know, like the Maryland area. But I've never met a football team fan. There isn't many, no. I and have not yeah, met Yeah, and it, it's kind of like a historic, like pretty big market franchise. Gets a lot of respect in the States. But yeah, um, I guess really haven't been like prevalent enough, I guess, in the last 15 years with the exception of the RG3 year where they got a lot of buzz. Um, I guess to garner a ton of momentum off north of the border. Yeah. Because I think when you really look at who Canadians seem to like. It's your kind of classic. Seahawks. Seahawks, I guess. That one's kind of geographic. That one, yeah. Um, and then Bills are kind of geographic. But then it's a lot of the Steelers, like Cowboys, right? I don't know, Giants, I guess you have a connection there. But uh, that's kind of the ones you see, right? New England was pretty big. Packers. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess you could say that about a lot of the smaller market states teams. Like, how many ki- like kids from around here were Browns fans, were Bengals fans, right? Right. Like, but you're gonna get a lot more Bengals fans growing now, up now. Damn definitely, right definitely. Right definitely. Yeah. Joe Burr. Um, <laughs> I got a personal question. Yeah. Because <laughs> you might be able to relate to this. I'm a big Kirk Cousins fan. I love me some Kirk Cousins. I think I'm the only one that is willing, like, enough to admit it. He played for um back when you guys were the name redacted. Yeah. A couple years ago. Um, what do you think of him as a quarterback? I just want your opinion because yeah. I love him. Uh, I liked Kirk when he was with us. Um. 
That 2015 season. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was a fun team. And then uh, it would have been 2016. We really should have got into the playoffs. We lost to your Giants in uh, <laughs> Week 17. That was a heartbreaking loss. I was crying after that game. I was I was so pissed off after that loss. And that one was, that one was tough. But Kirk, yeah. Kirk was a really interesting one. That was kind of really in my peak fandom years of Washington. And uh, I really felt like... It would have been nice to lock him up because he was a stability. We haven't had any stability at that position ever since. A lot of, a lot of failed uh, experiments, but he was just kind of disrespected by the franchise, and he never really felt valued there. And I guess I give him props that he wanted to take his talents elsewhere and sign a big ticket somewhere else. But, yeah, I guess I respect what Kirk did, but there was a lot of agonizing moments for him. Uh, I think back to that one uh basically as a winner you're in game that was 2015 against the eagles and he meant to he meant to spike the ball on that yeah. i don't know if you remember that yeah. took, the knee, oh. took a lot of talk a lot took a lot of crap on that one but yeah i don't know he Man. was he he's uh he's a polarizing figure i guess in Washington i look circles. at him I'm like the, like the whole you like that like at yeah the that, time, that was awesome i was all in at that time that was yeah. awesome um <laughs> I, I look at kirk cousins and i just look at him like this dude just like an easy target you know like he's just like people love to like clown him, and I some think it's like anyway though with like a below mid average court. Like look at how much block Jimmy G's taking, right? Baker, it's just such a like a position where there's so much That's ridicule, fair. right? Yeah. But here's the thing though, like if he threw two more touchdowns, like he would have had a five to one touchdown interception ratio. Like he yeah. threw thirty two touchdowns, seven interceptions. Like he is showing you, like he's got a great arm. Um, he's one of the better play action quarterbacks. He's had some two minute drills where he's looked fantastic. He always plays good against Aaron Rodgers. Um, he's, I look at him, I'm like, this, this guy is, he, sh like he shrinks under pressure and yeah. I'm like, I'm comfortable enough to admit that. Like, obviously I love the guy. Um, but I look at him like, there's no, there's a level between like a Jimmy G and a Kirk Cousins where it's really weird because while Jimmy G might not have the arm talent or best decision making, he can go. He 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 makes good throws in good pressure, like in pressure moments, like uh, prime time games. He's actually fairly good in. Whereas Kirk, it seems <laughs> like Kirk. he he shrinks in like the, like the um you know the big stage and yeah. ultimately you know people like to make fun of him for that. But you look at like the numbers, look at like the production. He's constantly giving you four thousand yards, thirty plus touchdowns. Um, I just look like I just I just feel like it's the prime time thing that like downs him a bit for sure that does right that has to play an area yeah, of people that yeah. you're not going to watch every game and when you're on prime time there's going to be a little more eyeballs but i don't know he hasn't got minnesota the playoffs has he once once okay. and, and he won a game you know Did he win a game who was that against the new Orleans saints walk off touchdown kyle rudolph oh my and right right okay yeah i forgot about that that was probably like one of like my favorite like he did get clapped by the niners the next week but then again they did go to the super bowl um what are your expectations for the football team heading into this offseason yeah i uh, that's a good question. I don't know. It really sounds like I had some hopes for Derek Carr, but it really sounds like he's staying in Vegas. It sounds like the McDaniels hire yeah. was kind of, he was a bit involved in that and it sounds like he'll kind of be going back there. So I, I don't know. It's, it's tough. They don't have a great draft pick and there isn't really any quarterbacks in this draft. And you kind of wonder, Hey, should they have done something last year? I was kind of hoping we could have got uh, Mac Jones and traded up for him. Now I don't really know what to think of Mac Jones. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, how would I feel right now if I'm Washington heading in? Say Mac Jones basically played how he did this year, and I'm Washington. How like how good is New England doing with Mac Jones right now? I think yeah. I like, think means that you're, you're like yeah. optimistic. I'm not willing to crown him just yet. I don't do yeah. that for like I think if like you're a generational talent like 
For example, like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, they're both in their first and second years. I look at them like I'm comfortable enough to say that they're both top ten receivers. Yeah. I look at I look at like a guy like Mac Jones. I'm not ready to say he's better than Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson. Um, okay, or, so who would you? What would you guys like rankings be if you're taking rookie quarterbacks next year? I mean, like, if you if you had to ask me right now, I'd give it to Mac Jones. But at the same time, I'm really? not. You I'm, not take Mac Jones? I'm not comfortable like going enough. Forward, I'd still take Lawrence. Yes, no, that's what I mean. Like, okay. if we're doing it today after yeah. what I've already seen, yeah. like, I need to pick one right now, sure, I'll take Mac Jones. Really? But all, like, for the future, I need to see Trevor Lawrence with a better coaching staff. Yeah. I need to see Zach Wilson. Obviously, he's, he's with the Jets. Trey Lance, I just, I don't know why he was taken so high. I would not have moved that. That I, I, I like Justin Fields more. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be the best quarterback from the draft. I want to make that very clear right now. But I think Mac Jones has benefited from playing with the greatest coach of all time. 300% he has. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's a hot take. There's a good structure there. His defense is, was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great at times. And he struggled down the stretch. New England lost some big games that really could have had an impact on their Especially their late in the right year. Now. Like, he they looked... lost to Indianapolis. Yeah. Mac struggled. It just felt like they got behind and Mac couldn't really bring them out of that. Mm-hmm. Whereas you saw the improvement from Trevor and Zach a little bit later in the year. You know, Mac had his rookie moments like late in the year, like yeah. in the playoffs. When when you don't want them to happen. Yeah. yeah. Patriots have a stacked offensive line. They've got two good running backs, whereas the Jacksonville Jaguars, you got that Urban Meyer situation, one of the worst offensive lines in pro football. Um, I think they're interviewing Bill O'Brien to be their head coach, and I'm like, why would you do that? Um, yeah. <laughs> that's just not smart. Um, Zach Wilson's kind of the wild card for me. Yes, I love him coming out of college, and that one kind of. Looked a bit ugly this year. I, I really don't know. That, that quarterback class is a bit of a wild card. Can't forget yeah. David David Smills either. He had Put some respect on his name. Yeah, he had yeah. a pretty good year in Houston, and not a lot of people expected that. Like Houston has to feel at least def- decently confident that they can ride yeah. Mills in the next season and well, see what happens, right? With no weapons other than Brandon Cooks. I, I, Who had an unbelievable year. Yeah, yeah. like he's, he, That dude's he's just always good for a 1,000 yards. It's crazy. <laughs> um, I look at the Washington football team. And you can say this about maybe a good eight teams in the NFL. They're a quarterback away. You've got... Yeah, the, the defense was really disappointing this year, though. I'll that's, say true. That. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I have Chase a lot Young, higher expectations. Chase Young just needs to be, be on the field more. I think. Yeah, and he had a tough start, though. Like, yeah, he, he did. He wasn't the Chase Young last year, which was a bit of a concern. There was kind of some rumblings about him and Ron Rivera not really being on the same page. Yeah. So that'll be kind of something to to watch here in the, the coming months. But yeah. I'm optimistic. There's some playmakers on the defense, and... You got Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Give him a good quarterback. He's gonna, he needs a number Terry. two next to him. He needs a little pressure off him, yeah. I would say. Uh, you got Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick. Um, they need to bring back Bannon Sheriff. I don't know if he's yeah. locked Yeah, back. it sounds like Sheriff's gone, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that, that's going to be a big loss. It seems like a Kirk Cousins situation again. So Yeah, he want, he's going to get a payday. Um, but they, they've, they've got a solid roster. They're definitely worse rosters. I look at the quarterback situation. Obviously, Haskins is not... Lo- like, Haskins' problem was just he was... I see... Immaturity. Immaturity. 100%. Like you're going, That's the word I was gonna use. you're gonna go, you're, you're gonna go party while you've got a cancer surviving head coach, in the midst of like a pandemic. Like That's that. just what starting quarterbacks don't do, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, like yeah. if you're a face of a franchise, you were given the C. Um, for me personally, like I wouldn't even care if I was benched. Like having that C like taken away from you, that must have, <laughs> like that's an eye opener. Yeah. Um, that's Max's problem now. Um. Hey. But uh, <laughs> just um, uh, do you have any like guys that you're looking forward to like in the draft? Not even really. I don't know. Like it seems like Pickett will go higher, and I don't know how excited you could get with him. Um, it really sounds like they kind of want to bring in just someone that can kind of compete with. He's the best Heineke. of a bad bunch, would you say? Because this yeah. is not a good quarterback. It's, it class. seems like he's the best. Yeah. Um, 
next year is kind of a little bit more of a talented quarterback class. So you wonder if it's you don't really go into Pickett if you don't love him, right? Mm-hmm. Because then what do you do with Pickett if he is mediocre? I don't know, right? You kind of just want to maybe keep your options open for that for 2023 sure. class, I guess it'll be. Um, I um, Maybe you bring in just kind of another bridge quarterback, I, yeah, a Teddy I, Bridgewater type. 100%. And I feel like there are a lot of... Like, there are a lot of good players in this draft. I just feel like the lack of a franchise quarterback is really why people are not excited for this draft. But um, We've seen that that's what it comes down to pretty yeah, much, right? Yeah, that, that's, that, that's mean, the league. It's a quarterback's yeah, league. Yeah, like what we just saw in the AFC. NFC was a bit different this year. It was kind of maybe Stafford had some good quarterback play, and he was pretty great in that NFC Championship yeah. game. But. Um, we've talked a lot about football. Um, we're obviously going to get a couple more takes mm-hmm. from you, but... um. Any other um, guys like in various leagues that like you enjoy watching today? Like just in sports as a whole? Yeah. yeah Austin yeah. Matthews is my guy. We kind of talked a bit about the Leafs there. I uh, just love watching him. I think he's one of the best players in the world. Um, other sports? I don't know. That's a good question, actually. Kind of tough to think of off the top of my head. It's almost weird now because I, I feel like I'm almost not as dialed in with some other like pro sports just because i feel the like the nfl's been too juicy hey the nfl spe- like takes up almost all my time when i'm not then it's like leaves and then other than that it's like all like huskies like i it's, it's like so much husky sports with my right. my jobs that right. takes up a ton of it so I'm sure um but yeah dude um obviously you've been a big you've been a big supporter of the pod um we we put out a, a t- uh, this thing we like to do mm-hmm. we um, Max always asks us, he, he doesn't really want to discuss sports sometimes, he wants takes, and then we, we discuss around that. Um, one of, like, you responded to that sticker and you talked that, you know, we're going to see a resurgent game for Patrick Mahomes. To your credit, that was um, before the AFC Divisional round, and he had that amazing game against Josh Allen. Um, I don't, I, he balled out, same thing with Josh Allen, it sucks that game, had to come down to a coin flick. Um, with that being said, are you, are you surprised with his performance this past Sunday? Uh... His first half was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. 18 for 21. You, you really wonder, like, yeah. I, and it, it's just weird, like, you think, what if they kick three there, and then just how different does he look in that second half? Um, yeah, it's a crazy one, really is. And then yeah. I, I didn't really like their play calling on that second down play uh, when it kind of went down the other way of the field there. Um, the B.J. With, Hill interception? No, uh, sorry, I'm talking, like, late, like, uh, the, the final the final possession of the fourth quarter. Right. I, I would have liked to see them run the ball in the sec on that second down play, try and put it in, and then worst case scenario, you keep that clock running because Patrick couldn't throw the incompletion there. Yeah. And so he had to take the sack because he wanted to run the clock. Yeah, that was a I don't know that was an interesting one. It really was like he didn't look great in that second half at all. I know they kind of whatever they ran dropped eight in the coverage, but he did march them on that final drive, and they just couldn't punch it in. And then yeah. I think he's being that throw was really great in overtime. Yeah. To Tyreek Hill, that safety makes an unbelievable play with the coming through with his hand and knocks that one out. So yeah. I don't know. I'm a bit of a Patrick defender. I kind of love watching that guy. I think he's amazing. So yeah. But no, like that game, I just felt like KC should have won that game. Like that, obviously. But like going in, I was like, KC's going to the Super Bowl. I was really confident they were going to win. And yeah. Cincinnati stole that one, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I I look at it, and obviously we saw his first half of the year where he was struggling to beat, like, the New York Giants. I remember just, like, watching the game, and I'm like, how are we not getting blown out? Like, this is insane. Yeah. But um, is it fair, you know, after this game where, like, he's been a little borderline reckless with the football sometimes, you know? He's, like, I've, I watched a couple play. You know, he's completely negating the check down. He's, he's always looking for the big play. 
and that can either be really good or it can build some bad habits. Yeah, I think like the second half of this season wasn't necessarily the case for him though. Right. I think they got back to that. It seemed like this game maybe they could have should have been running the ball a bit more in that second half. Especially um, with how good Jarek McKinnon came on. Jarek McKinnon looked awesome down the stretch. Yeah. Yeah. So that one, that one's a bit of a wonder. I don't know though if that was really the case. You think so, hey? A little bit. Yeah. I mean. Okay, let's look at that. Let's go back to like the last two minutes of the game. He's yeah. driving him down the field. Yeah. You're first and goal with around 63 seconds left. Yeah. Um. Dude, you got you got you got like me personally. If I'm the like I'm the head coach, I'm like okay, take your shot into the end zone. Either make sure it's an incompletion or See, it's a touchdown. See, the thing is, they didn't want an incompletion because they wanted that clock to run that's down. That's fair. That's so fair. So that, that's why I wanted them to run the ball. There. Yeah. Because you still take kind of take a chance. Worst yeah. case scenario, clock runs. But you're free, but the one thing, you can't take a sack though. You can keep the clock running. You cannot take a sack. But what do you do though? You you can't throw an interception. And you don't want to throw an incompletion. That's, that's fair. That's why I would just want to run the ball. I get that Safest you don't want to take option. the ball out of Patrick's hands, but I think he really was in a tough spot. But and it ended up, I guess, kind yeah. of working out because yeah. they kicked the field goal. It would have looked really bad if he misses that 44-yarder. That's fair. But we're also like a Joe Tooney recovery away from him. Oh, absolutely. Fumbling like 300%. the game away. <laughs> like, I understand, I, yes, you you want to keep the clock running. And I guess the argument but, there was, okay, take a sack, but not a 15-yard loss. Exactly. Make it a 5-yard yes, loss. Yes. And I see him like he's scrambling a lot. And I'm yeah. like, dude, you know, sometimes you're going to have to like... you're good. We often use the word game manager and, we, and the, there's a negative connotation I feel around it. But sometimes it's also making the smart play. Like it's like you know what, we're at our own eight yard line here. Um, you know we we've taken a couple penalties. Let's play the field position game. Let's check it down. Let's punt it. Let let's trust our defense. Who's come on a little bit late in the season. Um, I look at I look at some of the sacks he takes, dude. You you just like get rid of the ball. You know. Yeah, and I I guess my pushback to that would be. It's difficult to get rid of the ball when you're Patrick Mahomes just because you know how amazing you are. Yes. And you've also seen like so much of this magic like made out of nothing. Like Burrow did on that in that second Two half. Two third there. down like, like those runs, third yeah. down conversions, like it's like, oh he's sacked. And it's like no. You know, like it's Chris down. Jones too, yeah. Yeah, so like I, I guess it's a bit different for like a guy like that. And they should have a bit more freedom to try to improvise on third down when things get mm-hmm. a little dicey. But the one thing that like I, I don't I watch a little bit of you know Undisputed not really for Skip Bills but because Shannon Sharp is a, a Hall of Famer, and the one thing you gotta say is like you gotta know hey worst case scenario I've got three, you know and yes you want to keep the I'll I'll get back into like your clock like because that's a very valid point like you're not just making like stuff up, but he took two sacks on that final drive, you know like comp- like wasted some timeouts. For sure. Um, I think if like I'm a scenario like I've got. I've got Travis Kelsey, who is a red zone monster. I've got Tyree Kill, who can create separation with the best of them. Um, but you, the separation must not have been there. That's fair. I, I that's didn't really fair. get a great view of kind of the goal. Yeah. I, I have to really watch that. But yeah. I would say that the third down sack, like, I don't know. How much time do you want to give Joe Burrow? Like, we just seen what the Chiefs did. Like, I don't know. If so he throws that ball away, they have, what, 40-some seconds maybe? I think it. I think it was under thirty on was that second okay. sack because like yeah. it's thirty seconds for that for the first sack. Yeah. Um, and I think probably Pat would have yeah. wanted to throw that one away. Yeah. That just got dicey. It doesn't and look like he has good like ro- like he, he can like he's moving like I remember him moving around and he wasn't really going anywhere and then Hendrickson comes and you know just flying in out of nowhere. Yeah. There were some weird plays on that. I kind of rewatched those clips like 
there were some like little blown yeah. uh because i remember watching like the, the second sack where he fumbled hubbard was in coverage and then he says screw it i'm gonna just rush him yeah and like it's like a good three like patrick sees him coming he was definitely too confident himself. yeah, yeah. that no, that's what i'm trying right, to say right. um and like i'll be honest like i gotta be fair that bj hill interception like that was just a great play by a d lineman yeah like that doesn't happen a lot yeah. like Giants legend, by the way. Um, I like that was you know that happens. You know that's football. You know I can't really say that's Pat's fault because you don't expect him. Like you're trying to bat it down, but for him like to bat it in the air, catch it, like that's crazy. Um, but I look at it, like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because you are a Pat defender. Um, Zach's gonna be listening to this because he's a big Justin Herbert guy. Yeah. Do you think the gap's closed, or is he still by far the best quarterback yeah, in the league? I, I don't think you can say by far, and I think you really you could make an argument like. If you're saying going forward, I don't know who you take. I think there's four guys that you can make a legitimate argument with, and I wouldn't really shake my head. Like, Allen Herbert Burrow and Mahomes are special, and I think they're all yeah. in that same same category. Um, all AFC guys, too. All AFC yep. guys, hey, things are dicey. I, I don't know. I, I would probably still take Mahomes going forward. Like, he's got to, what, four AFC championships in four mm-hmm. years as starting quarterback. That's that's tough to argue with. But yeah. I don't know. I think uh, it's a tough one. Do you, do you think, um, and this is just going to be like yeah. your take, who deserves more? Like, obviously when you see a loss like this, we don't want to take any credit away from the team that did win. The Bengals' defense was outstanding. All credit to them. Joe Burrow, like, like this is why you draft a guy like Joe Burrow. For sure. This is why you trade up to like for Josh Allen, you know, to compete with the best and ultimately win. Like, second year taking a team to the Super Bowl. Don't want to take any credit away from that Cincinnati Bengals organization. They've been through some stuff these last couple of years. Um, who do you who do you think like the loss falls on more? Is it Pat or is it Andy Reid? Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna go back to the to the play uh, yes. in the second quarter, yes. that's a tough one. Probably I think it falls on Pat if you're looking at that play because that ball shouldn't go there. And mm-hmm. I think if you're Andy Reid, you have to trust that Patrick Holmes is going to make the right play. You have right? to, yeah. And he does it a lot. So I think you have to have that trust in Pat. And if you don't, then I don't know how good that relationship is. I think, and I think this is why we're seeing a lot of people really get frustrated with the Chiefs is because obviously like we know Pat and uh, you know his, uh, his wife and uh, his little brother. Well, that's a big reason why aren't, aren't the most popular. Like Pat seems like a really good dude, but he's getting a lot of slander for his, um, for you know some people that are involved with him. But they also kind of breed like like I was telling my friend like they just come off as a very arrogant like look 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 at we look at like look at what we can do you know. Yeah, and I think that might have been like part we're gonna of put it. Travis Kelsey under center. I think a lot yeah. of the the bashing of the Chiefs in that first half of the season was they looked bored and maybe they got a bit bored in this game like they yeah. got up too much and Patrick didn't want to throw the ball away. He wanted to try and make something happen, and maybe that's their greatest demise, right? That's fair. Yeah. but He's still young, though. You, you, you got to give him a, a little bit of credit. I mean, I think that too much pressure, not too much pressure, but there was a lot of pressure that was placed on him when he had his first amazing year coming out of college, starting for that Chiefs team. And uh, it was like, okay, the expectations are high, and they're going to remain high. And I would argue that he's hit expectations almost every single year. There's just... A few Mac Jones moments where he's still young, he's gotta still makes mistakes. He's, he's got to grow up a little bit more, I think. Do you think that's a legitimate thing? Like people fall victim to their own expectations, like specifically in Pat's case. I don't think so with Pat. No, because I guess that's true. He's accomplished. 
technically yeah. he's accomplished everything. It's he's tough an to win Super Bowls, man. He's been to two of them. He's won yeah. one of them. He, he has, has made it to four AFC championships. That's not easy. That's not everybody's true. Brady. Not everybody is Brady. <laughs> um, before we get into like our next question, just what was your reaction to the, the news this morning? Um, Brady uh, officially announced. Yeah, you called today. it. I guess. Hey, I heard you. I heard you say on uh, whatever the last episode was there that. You kind of thought that that could be it. For it just him. seemed like his last game. I uh, and I I kind of saw it more towards the end of the season. I'm like, I look at the Antonio Brown situation, and obviously it has nothing to do with Tom Brady retiring. But I'm like, things like this just seems like the end to like a really bad story. Bill, did you hear Bill Simmons too? He kind of figured that too. Yeah. That he could kind of see the writing on the wall. But I, me personally, I was super disappointed. Like it's kind of a weird one because I was kind of trying to think of this today. Like the the Peyton Manning thing was. Really kind of not hard to watch, but it was like, oh, this guy isn't the same anymore. It right? was overrated. The pain so then I was like, oh, like, it would be nice if, like, obviously you want guys to go out on, like, their terms and, like, enjoy their careers and stuff. And if you want to play, like, I'm not going to be the one to tell you to stop playing. But it was kind of, like, nice. It, like, Tom Brady, it's like, man, this guy, like, was one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year. He's probably going to be the runner-up for MVP, and he just walks away. Like, it's a bit weird, right? Like, I would like to see yeah. him play another year because he's one of the best in football, and I like watching him on Sundays. And and I was also a little disappointed because I wanted to watch him play. never did, so. I got I got a little emotional today. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Um, I just think about it. I'm like, this guy was drafted before I was born. Yeah. Won his first Super Bowl when I was, like, two. I, I've witnessed I, some of my best memories are at the demise of him a little bit, but I've always been a Brady fan. Um, it's tough sometimes, man. Like, you just look at him, I'm like, this wasn't the Peyton Manning year. Peyton was running on fumes. Yeah. Peyton was running on fumes. Sure. Tom Brady threw 43 touchdowns, a little interceptions, but he's never really been in Aaron Rodgers, whereas he's, like, under, like, 10 interceptions. Like, he's, he throws interceptions. He's not, you know... But um, you live with that because he's giving you those big, like, moments in big games. Um like first in passing yards at 44 which is unbelievable and me personally like i just i just don't want to see him leave on a loss like there's no way you leave on so a loss looking back do you think tom if he could take it back would he have retired after that last super bowl would last, last year yeah i think so would you want it like if he was like man looking back i just wish i would have left as a champion do you think he cares or did he feel like he owed it to those guys everyone on that team that he felt like they had a legitimate chance of winning a Super Bowl again and he owed it to them to come back for another year. You know what? I don't think he's going to regret it, to be completely honest, because he had a wonderful year this year. I think the thing with Tom, and this is a really underrated aspect of football, he he loved everything about it. He loves the preparation. He he loves being around the guys. He love he loves all of that. And I think this was the year, wasn't the season, where he's like, you know what? I, I don't I don't think I feel it anymore. Because people, like, people don't retire because they don't like football. People don't retire because... That's not the reason you retired from football. You retired because you don't like preparing for football. Like, there's a lot that goes into it that we don't always see. And I think that caught up with him. I think he took... I don't I don't think he took any big hits this year, but you saw him sacrificing the body a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I think, you know, he had a conversation with Giselle. I'm like, listen, man, like, like, how much longer can you do this? You know, like, yes, you've stayed very healthy up until now. Um, you had that one year where you tore his ACL... But, like, one bad hit, like, it, he's not some of these young guys. Do you think there's any chance he Brett Favre's this? I hope not. Because I, I hope that. I don't know. I think that's more like I think that's more like a tight end move or, like, a running back move. I don't know. Like, Tom Brady, like, you don't need to do that if you're Tom. You know? I don't, like, I don't think Tom would need to do that. No, I mean, he do need to do that, though, I guess would be the argument. Who? Did Brett Favre need to do that? Oh, did Brett Favre? 
I don't know. I don't. I may. Bill Simmons thinks there's a chance to go to San Francisco next year. That's fair. Grew up a Niner fan. He's from that area. That's kind of the the tie. What you What you think of him not taking the Patriots? He did send out that follow up tweet after. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I didn't really read too much into it. I think, and then it'll be kind of interesting to see what uh, he's doing. Obviously, those documentary series with ESPN. So I think they'll be kind of a little bit there. Too. That's fine. Yeah, I don't know. I think he still has a lot of respect for Robert Kraft still. I love how you say Robert Kraft, not not Bill Belichick. No, he I don't, don't think I he don't, likes Bill. No, there's maybe some respect there, but there, that was definitely a bitter ending. For sure. So we talked a lot about football in the NFL. I just want to tra- transition over to hockey a bit. Uh, have you been fo- following the season? How how do you think your Leafs have been doing? Just what what's your overall view of the season yeah, so far? Yeah, Leafs are looking good. They've had a bit of concerns between the pipes recently. Jack mm-hmm. Campbell hasn't really um, been what he was in the regular season or at the start of the regular season. So we'll see what happens there. Hopefully Mrazek can kind of step up. But I don't know. It, it's a gauntlet, not Eastern Conference. It's it's worrisome just seeing the teams yeah. they got to go through and. I don't know. It, it just feels like it could be set up for another year of heartbreak and late plan. Uh, it doesn't help that Freddie Anderson was just named an all-star. I know, it doesn't. That, it, that's that's crazy. I think probably like the biggest Leafs fan ever. Um, look at a guy like Steve Dangle. And, like, I love him because he's riding with his guys all the time. Like yeah. That's what you want out of a fan. Especially, like, I can't really relate to him. Like As a Knicks fan, like, we've had bad years. We're currently in a bad year. <laughs> um, but um, the one thing that he says... And it's a good point because the Leafs were so bad this year, but you've seen that rise. Like, Austin Matthews, like, you talk about a franchise changer. Like, I think every year he's been in the NHL playoffs and that bubble year too. Do you ever worry that, like, you see these regular season wins where, like, they should have just, like, because they'll dominate teams some nights. They'll look really good. And when they're playing up to their potential, they're a very hard team to, like, be. Team defense is the best it's been in a long time. But do you ever worry, like, like do you ever get scared, like, you know what, when's it really going to matter? Because we've seen them have great like fifty win seasons, we've seen them you know put together good squads. Like when do like when do they start to matter? You know like do you ever like watch a game like you know what this is great it's a good win, but I've seen this before. Yeah, I guess like that's kind of the hard thing for me right now as a fan is it's like how invested can I really be in the regular season? I've seen this before. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's like okay, like trust me when playoffs come around, I'll be dialed in. But it's like until then, it's like how much can I really take away from a. 3-1 win of the Devils, or like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, uh, I like their team. I think they're they're constructed pretty well. It seems like they got some nice, like, third-line pieces. Kasha's been nice. Camp's been a good addition. Bunting. Bunting, great addition, great replacement for, for Hyman. That looks like it's going to be a tremendous move from Dubas. Um, maybe you could argue their blue line was a bit stronger last year, Bogosian, and uh, was on the team still, and Muzzin's hurt now. That's a bit of a concern. And Hall was a lot better last year, so Sandin's going to step up. But I think their their blue line was better last year, and it's, that one last year is really going to sting because that was a missed opportunity. That that yeah. was that was tough. Yeah, um, I know they, everyone says that, but they they looked great too. I mean that season. Yeah. Um. You know, Jack Campbell looked amazing. Uh, he's a, he is an all star now, so he's he's had a couple bad moments. Um. But um. I got a quick question. Like, what 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 happened to Nick Robertson? Has he just not? He's hurt. Yeah, he's hurt? he's okay. coming back. Yeah, yeah. He was skating with the Marlies the other day, but I, I'm expecting him to be on the team. I think, I think he'll be on the team in the stretch run. I don't know who will come out, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him playing on that fourth line with maybe it's him, Simmons, and Spezza. Or, but yeah. I, I, I think he'll be a factor down the stretch. I mean, I remember watching him in like 
the World Juniors with like the states, man. He can yeah. skate. He's yeah. a, he's a great good player. Good shot too. Um, I think. I talked about shot for already. Yeah, he's really good. His brother's killing it too. Um, another Canadian team that I want to talk about. We've mentioned them on the pod a lot. Do you agree with me in saying like the Edmonton Oilers are have been the biggest disappointment in hockey? Like they are the joke of the NHL right now. Like we know teams like the like the like we knew like like the Coyotes are gonna suck. Like I don't really care about them anymore. But with how much talent is on this like Oilers team, for them to like have multiple you know multi game losing streaks, like do you ever just like look at them like you know what are you doing like? I guess I, I, it's hard to frame them for a disappointment in two ways. In the sense that they were so good in the regular at the start of the regular season. Like I I don't know the thing that I always try to think of is it's never as bad as it seems and it's never as good as it seems right. so they started out so hot they probably weren't that good and i don't think they're as bad as they've been lately and then in edmonton is it ever a disappointment like you just have to expect heartbreak and failure there in a sense that's fair you also have two of the five best players in the world on your team but as we learn in hockey it takes a lot more than that that's true that's true and but i look at them like you literally have the angels of the nhl like the los angeles angels of the nhl on your team and yeah. like isn't it job as like as an organized like I'm not saying that like these lots fall anywhere on Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. That's the last thing I'm yeah. trying to say. It, it's the reason why they're in more, most games. But do you look at them as like an, as an organization and be like, you know what? I have no faith in this team. Like me personally, people think this is a hot take. I don't think it's very hot. I don't see Connor McDavid being on the Oilers for a long like much longer. What's much longer? I'm gonna say two more years. I'd be surprised if he's not. I'd be surprised if he's not. Dude's a winner. I think he wants to win. He's like, you know, he's good for a hundred points. He's not going to be sacrificing his time. He goes to anywhere else. He's going to be the best player on his team. The guy wants to win, and this organization has not shown that they can put a team around him. I think. When you're do you a think that'll like get him? Sorry. The, no, no, go ahead. Um, do you think that'll get him eventually? Like, I think. Oh, I'm sure it's getting him right now. Yeah, definitely. There's yeah. a tipping point, but I think when when you are the best player in the world, there's that sense of self belief. That you can turn it around, rightly or wrongly. And yeah. I don't think he wants to. I think he would really have to lose faith in upper management. And I don't know what he thinks of Holland right now. And I'm sure Holland gives him a lot of say in, in what goes on. Right. Like I'm sure McDavid was a big part of Zach Hyman coming to town. I bet he was probably banging the table for him to come. Right. I mean, look at some of the draft picks. Look at you know some of the free agency moves. Um, you know, like, which ones? Like, I'm sorry. Like, if the biggest move of your off season was adding what a 38 year old Duncan Keith, like, Hyman was the biggest move. That's you know, that's that's and they did resign Nugent Hopkins. That's true, but I look at him like you need more guys on like the defense. I know um the one guy Clefbaum, he's out, but um this is his sixth year. You know, I believe I think it's his sixth seventh mm-hmm. year being in this league, and you know, like say what you want about like. The Colorado Avalanche and Nathan McKinnon coming on saying, you know, it's my sixth year. I haven't won. I haven't won shit. Like they've won playoff series. Like they've been games away. Like yeah. there, there's some dude named Yo Kiviranta, like scoring a hat trick in his first like playoff game mm-hmm. away from going like the Western Conference Final. The what? The, like the Oilers got swept by the Jets last year. They're a much better. They were a much better team than the Jets. You know. So how much? Like in your opinion, like how much longer does he endure this? I still think they're going to turn it around. I think there is still good pieces there. Yeah. Like, 
I, I don't know. I like Nugent Hopkins is a good player. Obviously, Dreisaitl is a good player. I, I just see, I think there's a better chance Dreisaitl leaves. You think so? Maybe the argument would be if Dreisaitl leaves, does McDavid leave? But Dreisaitl leaving could maybe free up some space. I don't know. Obviously, you don't want to lose Dreisaitl, but that would yeah. maybe be the end of the world for McDavid because you would look and you could allocate those that money elsewhere. Obviously, you're getting a good return for him. But right. I don't know. I guess everything kind of comes back to Holland in a sense of, you bet it on Mike. You bet on to Mike Smith, and Smith was fantastic last year. So maybe yeah. it's a little hindsight twenty twenty to say that Koskinen's been kind of a question mark. Huge question mark, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Oh no, dude, that's that's true. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, I, I if feel you're Fleury, do you come to Edmonton. I don't know if you want to really deal with that whole shit show. I look at Mark Andre Fleury. Like, this is a guy that's just always getting screwed over. You know, like. He, he has a no-trade clause, so he'd have to wait to come next. Yeah. And I, I think the question is, does he want to come here for the, for I the think, deadline? I think a more realistic option would be Colorado. I think that's not, like, um, love me some Darcy Kemper, good yeah. local boy. But, um... Kemper's a free agent of the summer, and I think there's a good chance he'd be coming next. Yeah, dude, that's that's true. Um, obviously, uh, we're going to wrap it up quick, but obviously, uh, when we release this episode, it's going to be, uh, I think, a little bit before the Super Bowl. Um, so I'll just end it off. You can give us your take and reasons why. Matt, uh, who do you think is winning the Super Bowl? Yeah, I guess I, I was all in the Chiefs. If you would ask me last week, I thought they were going to win the Super Bowl. Um, but I guess last year, I remember the, the Super Bowl box Chiefs. I was all in on the Chiefs then, too. And I kind of learned that, like, hey, I can't just... You gotta, I look past offensive line issues with Kansas City heading into that Super Bowl, and I say Patty was the great equalizer, and I thought he could overcome all of that. And Tampa was the better team. And I think I look at right now, since LA, I think a lot of the narrative is going to be about Joe. And I think a lot of people maybe get caught up in, in that. Yeah. I, I think there's just such a strength on the defensive line for LA that it's going to be, a, I think, a huge factor in that mm-hmm. game. Since he obviously had offensive line issues, you're going to have Leonard Floyd, yeah. Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller all rushing the pass. you got Jalen Ramsey on the back end. Ramsey should have picked off Garoppolo in the fourth quarter there. Yeah. Which would have been a game-changing interception. Um, I think the Rams win. That's true, and I'd be so happy for Matthew Stafford. I like that pick. This is a this is a kind of um. I just want to say this like this is probably like the most unproblematic Super Bowl I've ever seen. Because like obviously last year it was you want to see Brady win again or do you want to see like the Chiefs go back to back? Yeah. Um, I genuinely won't be mad at whoever wins the Super Bowl. I know. I think yeah, maybe I guess people kind of like to hate on Patrick a bit. Probably yeah. because of his family. But <laughs> I think Brady was a pretty well-liked guy in, in Tampa. And yeah. I think when he left New England, me personally, I kind of I didn't like New England at all. When he me left Tampa, neither, yeah. he was a lot more likable a guy, I think. That's true. So, I don't know. I, I think he could have said that last year, too. I think people would have been... I don't know. Maybe you're right. I yeah, think so. I think, I think either way, I think everything would be happy for Joe. He seems yeah. like he's maybe the most well-liked guy in football right now. Because yeah. everyone loves that guy's... Um, you got Persona, the, the entire state of Michigan rooting for uh, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, exactly. I'm rooting for him. I think he's a great guy. I think he's, he's very well liked. He's proven that he can get it done. It's just it's been more of an organizational thing. But um, yeah, dude, it's gonna be a great Super Bowl. I definitely did not have the Bengals there. Um, you know, Joe Burrow's definitely turned that franchise around. Um, but Matt, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, boys. Well, it's awesome. It. We really appreciate Fun it, man. Fun. Thanks for setting the tone. Thanks for setting the example. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, we can uh, we can um. You know, we can do some special things like you guys did. Yeah, Definitely. Love to see it. Hope you guys can, hope you guys can create that too. Appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. I feel it coming, baby.